Welcome to the Mortal Realms. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... This is Davey, still 24-7, 365, looking for Slanesh. And this is Eric. And the other day I was talking to somebody about how they go on and on and on speaking on their podcast, and they said back to me, well, you're one to talk. This episode, we're going to be celebrating um, our one year as a podcast and reflect uh, over the past year on what was great, what was uh, not so great, and mostly taking um, questions that uh, the community has given to us to, to, to field our topics because we've got no story today. Right. No books. The story of us, really. The, <laughs> <laughs> I think I need new theme music for this. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to be taking that and we're also going to be looking forward. Um, what do we think Games Workshop is going to be doing uh, in the next year? What do we think the community is going to be doing in the next year? And what are we going to be doing in the next year? Mm. And excited to share this with you. Davey, how are you doing? I'm doing outstanding. Very glad to be here. Actually got to throw some dice. So uh, Eric wisely, we we're, were trying to figure out if we we're going to play our game before or after uh, casting. And I think Eric with his uh, wisdom beyond his years said, let's get the game in first. So now I'm on that I'm on that hobby high of getting to throw some dice for the first yeah, time. Yeah, because this conversation could go on for the next four hours. And then afterwards, you'd be like, I can't, yeah, like, I can't I don't, throw dice. I don't have it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, I went with what was most important was playing <laughs> a game. And that's true. Um, so, um, like I said, this episode, we're going to be covering a number of questions from the community and our thoughts. This is our year one reflection. Uh, every, lots of, lots of, um, podcasts and blogs have done this. We're not doing anything new. We're not necessarily, I can't guarantee that we're adding any insights or information that is anywhere near as important as what other people have contributed. Mm-hmm. Can't make that guarantee. I can. Yeah. Okay, Davey's going to contribute. I'm going to to, to fail that role. <laughs> um, but uh, we're gonna we're breaking out of our normal um, structure. We were like, so our structure is something that's been a part of uh, the mortal realms. It's been very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll you know be, there's a couple of podcasts obviously that helped kind of shape some of that podcast that we we had a ton of podcasts that we used to love. And maybe we can take a minute to talk through some of those ones that we love, we miss and that sort of thing. But, um, obviously the, the big three, the, um, for me were the independent characters, heel and hammer and, uh, the dimensional cascade, um, crew. Um, and those three had such a good structure to them. They had, you know, pushed themselves to have a, you know, high quality. And that's not to say other ones didn't have high quality too, but it was very evident that they put a forward, a structure and a plan. And that, resonated with me as a as a producer of content in my job and stuff like that but we're throwing that out we're we're not so worried about that for this episode right exactly yeah how does that make you feel david you are you more nervous without that no completely liberated you know (laughs) (laughs) that girdle i make you wear every time you know i have to wear that this time the pants you make me wear those those tight shoes the bindings (laughs) yeah uh you don't have to do that this time it's cool yeah you you don't have to sit in that cage. Yeah. No, it's cool. He's I, in his own chair. I right mean, now. I am because it's where I'm comfortable, but like, <laughs> it's, it's nice to know that I don't have to. So um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the other podcasts uh, that we've, uh, you know, the, over the past year, the ones coming into Age of Sigmar. What were some that inspired you to, to kind of get into podcasting, want to do some of this stuff? And I know you have background in some radio. Um, yeah. 
what were some of your favorites that either are still around that you're really digging where they're going or um, maybe wish they were still around? Well, uh, I would say, you know, some, some echo some of that. Uh, I had not checked out Dimensional uh, Cascade until you until you mentioned it, and I, I checked it. I really like their uh, narrative hobby hobby based focus. That was that was pretty fun. Uh, they are now defunct. I think they. And I was really surprised by that. I thought, yeah, because of AOS's narrative and hobby focus, I thought those guys were right on board. Yeah. But they also really enjoyed the the game. Yeah. And it, it wasn't quite for them. And I think I think some of their posse was was in and some wasn't, and you sure. you just can't hold the whole crew together when uh, when you're not all in all together. Yeah. Um, I would say. Uh, I was a longtime listener of both Bad Dice and and Heel and Hammer. Like those for their individual merits. Um, if only they were still around. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> nothing, nothing to talk about there. No, uh, I, I appreciate those. Those guys have gone all in. Uh, it's really, it's really great to have that enthusiasm. And uh, I think that I feel like they're kind of coming at it from a, a broad perspective, which is which is cool. You you want to have that um, holistic view of the hobby. You know, we we focus on our narrative side. Uh, you got face hammer looking at the, at the, uh, tactical side. Um, yeah. and, uh, I'm not exactly sure what's happening with bravery one, but man, I, I shed many tears laughing, uh, at, at that. I really got a kick out of that. Yeah. So, um, no, so. I, I agree. I tried to calculate to see if like, and so we'd only put out one, we put out 12 episodes so far, two minisodes and, and 10 regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to calculate if our three hours per episode or two hours, like put us in any, any kind of ballpark of content creation to some of the others and no it doesn't yeah <laughs> uh face hammer i think has over 100 hours of content over the last year banana town uh, all right cool. i think we got up into to 30 40 yeah. not quite that but um that's all right quality not quantity ex- <laughs> 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 no not at all so that um i one I'll, I'll give a shout out to um school bros yes uh, was yep. a, a one that we listened to i remember uh, meeting those guys for the first time at Mary Mayhem and, and <laughs> like a like a really cool cool guy that I am I, I was like you know what I really love you guys' intro I didn't dig the swearing so much at the beginning but you know I've really gotten into you guys and it's just awkward <laughs> uh, but since gotten to know those guys and I know it was a struggle kind of in and out with Age of Sigmar they they all love it the game but as far as um, the podcast you know just changing life yeah um, and not been able to to keep the game together for that but yeah. just miss their kind of uh, rant on the scene although i will say um while we've been trying to make sure that we're just you know sugar spice and everything nice mm-hmm. totally sold out to the man um <laughs> you know maybe that's a good thing for this first year to have more positivity yeah um but as the years you know upcoming years i'm sure there's gonna be more critique and more you know just um taking you know taking more of a either kind of that sarcastic uh jabbing at the mm-hmm. the at, at Games Workshop and that sort of stuff, bringing that back into the community, I'm sure will happen more too. Yeah, sure. There's some room for that. You know, when we got started, there was there was so much uncertainty and podcasts, you know, falling off the edge of the cliff and uh, stopping their coverage. And in this past year, you know, we're talking about what we've enjoyed. You know, you got uh, Tales of Sigmar and other. I like if, if we try to list them all off, we're gonna we're gonna fail. Yeah, so a new one came out, Battleshock. Yeah, um, out of that Chicago. was actually one of our one of the uh, uh, titles we we considered before going to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, Eric uh, said it sounded too. I, I was like, I got an awesome name. It's Battleshock, and Eric's like, it's too aggressive. Get away with your garbage. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but uh, um, so it's uh, so I'll say first, it's been really cool. 
um, kind of becoming a part of the podcast, part of the community, yeah. um, trying to bridge some of the gra- gap with the the YouTube community. So like uh, Vince Venturella, I mean, I, th- I put this out there with that, um, Vince Venturella with um, the Warhammer, Warhammer Weekly, Weekly yeah. and a number of the, you know, um, Andy 2D6 uh, yeah. has a pretty fun kind of environment and atmosphere for his show. Um, and then uh, um, I know MC1 Gamer, a few of those, you know, I'll just put a couple of shout outs there. And then from the podcast or not podcast, the blogging side and the content side, um, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll do some shout outs as we go through. Cause so we, um, we asked for some questions and some topics and, yep. and in return, we're going to tell you who these people are that asked that. So we'll pr- be yep. promoting some of their stuff. We very loosely uh, group these questions roughly in our in our phase segments. So, so uh, what you're saying is that even though we did away with all of our structure, that there's still structure. There's still structure. Yeah, <laughs> we would be lost without it. So here's the first question, and this one's going to come from um, Vince Venturella. Yeah. And if you follow on Twitter, this is at Warhammer Weekly. Yeah, and his his YouTube channel is Vince Venturella. V i n c e v e n t u r e l l a and um, he's just yeah. been a positive, you know. His co-host Tom is a is a negative Nancy. Yeah, um, he, just a wet blanket, just, just the worst. <laughs> no. And uh, but they do they do a really good job of balancing out each other because Vince is a super positive. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know why why sweat the small stuff kind of guy. Well, they, and they were kind enough to have us on when we were real, real, yeah. real new. That was yep. cool, and they were real comfortable to to talk to. But you talk about hours of content creation; those guys. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, and and real quick, what I want to say. I mean, yeah, Vince Venturella. Big shout out to him for giving us kind of a chance at the beginning. Yeah. Um, like um, uh, Ben Curry, um, and Ben Johnson when I was uh over in um, in Birmingham you know, being able to stop by those guys and get just some positive reinforcement that we were on the right track and doing some good things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and many others who shouted out to us. So obviously in oh, the podcast, if though. you are not already following Vince on Twitter at Warhammer weekly, there are some amazing miniatures that he's painting like that. Oh dude is a hobbyist to, to mm-hmm. rival yep. the best out. There. And if you want to get better, he puts out uh, hobby cheating videos on yeah. YouTube. So anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh his question um and he's got this he's got this in two parts but for the first part favorite moment of the past year most inspiring thing that we've seen uh from gw um i want to put you on the spot first i'm gonna okay. make you answer that question right. first uh i'll go so the easy the easy thing to say might be the uh general's handbook uh, but what I'm going to say, I'm going to go with the uh, the engagement we saw on Facebook. And that's not a single moment, but just uh, G-Dub engaging the community and it being clear that they're like, look, you know, we're trying to make something that you want to play. And that means we're going to we're going to get out there and talk to you. And that's that's been the biggest thing. And I feel like it's been for years. People have been looking for that, seeking that. And uh, and they're doing it. And. You know, they're doing it with their other game, um, 40K, and some of their other, you know, they, all those mini games coming out. But uh, Age of Sigmar was kind of born into this era of, uh, of increased engagement. And that's that's an exciting time, you know, to, to know that uh, they're listening to to the hobbyists out there. You know, whether whether they're posting on a forum or whether they're one of the, you know, one of the, the big podcasts that have been around for a long time and, and getting up uh to to warhammer world that's just a that's just a great thing it makes me feel good about the the hobby and uh, makes me feel good about where we could be headed so. yeah how about you um 
I think controversial, I'll say, um, putting out the entire rule set on four pages. Okay. Yeah. While it was absolutely the most controversial and got, you know, broke the community a little bit Mm -hmm. and, you know, just created some huge waves. I'm so impressed by how brave that was. And I mean, you think it's, I mean, this is a company that has shareholders that has to, has to live and die by the dollar. And we say that in a lot of negative ways, but that means it's also often harder to take risks. It's harder to, to do something that shakes up the industry. And, and for the past year, good or bad, they have been in the spotlight. And that's some, that's one of the goals you as, as an organization, as a company that you want sometimes is just to make waves and get people talking about your product. Yeah. Um, and knowing that it was like, and, and lots of people could see the, the value in it right away. Um, so I'm not, not any different. I mean, you saw the nuance in it right away, but knowing that it was strong enough to last through that criticism mm-hmm. and come out. And I think it, has and i think it continues to to just show how robust it was how strong it was and so they just believed in the product they they absolutely believed in their product and yeah they may have made some missteps in how they communicated and that sort of stuff sure but the i think i was inspired by that rule set and i've continued to be inspired by the the rule set yeah um and um yeah i mean i think just for a company that size to make such a bold move yeah, to me is inspiring. And I think that how I put it to me, the story of the Stormcast and, and Sigmar mirrors the, sto- the story of GW coming back to the community. Interesting. Um, okay. Just this idea that they've been holed up yeah. in the, behind a wall yeah, uh, and against kind of uh, the chaos. Right. And, sure. And they've, had to make a bold move. They had it's, to strike it's a new hard. era, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a lot of parallels in that story and, and their own story. I know that sounds pretty bomb, you know, yeah. grandiose or whatever, but but you know, that's cool. Yeah, no, I get it. I, you know, I think that I think that rule set to me is 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 a, was a bold move and very inspiring to me as a businessman, indeed, and as a player. So um, yeah, all right, is that so, satisfactory? I, I'm more than so. You got any other things that inspired you? Uh. Maybe not your most inspiring, but secondary, tertiary. Uh, I think we'll talk a little more about it later, but Fine. the sheer sheer volume of uh, things that oh came my out. Gosh. Uh, I mean, just like you look at how many battle tomes, and Eric's going to uh, uh, tap into our intelligence network here and uh, get us the full. But uh, you look at, you know, and again, we as a general rule in this podcast, we, we don't try to be explicit about it, but we try not to look backwards too much. But... Um, <coughs> We're breaking that rule for this episode. Yeah, yeah, right? sure. Peek behind the curtain. Uh, you know, we try not to look back too much at 8th or earlier, but uh, you know, you, you'd have these long waits between battle tomes or long waits, and you have um, here you have just a, the sheer number of battle tomes and campaign books and fiction uh, coming out. That was that was pretty cool. That was a real exciting aspect of this past year. And uh, actually, I should say, uh, the... Uh, sequential narrative is that the word I'm looking for? Where, uh, um, or iterative, iterative, uh, campaigns, yeah, just how, how it builds and builds on itself. So, our storyline is, is moving forward, and that makes it that makes it interesting to see what here's the next thing, here's the next thing. And, uh, you know, so a, a, a new book comes out, and I want to know, all right, you know, what's what's happening in the Age of Sigmar universe? So, that's all right, so yeah, the, uh, like you said, how much stuff came out. Yeah. So we um, have a buddy here, um, 
His name's Aaron. We've mentioned him once or twice. Yeah. And um, he's a he's a kind of a cataloger kind yes. of person, right? Yeah. He likes to collect things. He likes to generally paint things like they are on the box, yeah. right? He likes he like he, he likes to, he's a completionist too. So yeah. He These put, are all dancing around uh, the sorry. fact that he's like brutally OCD. Yeah. Yeah, but but amazing guy. Yeah. Um, and 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 really cool to to play with. Um, and he puts he just kept track of all of the releases, and mm-hmm. so these are a few of our stats. Hopefully, these are accurate. Uh, if not, it's Aaron's fault. Yes. So, in the past year, uh, we put they put out eleven battle tomes. Yeah. So, just to your point of how much That's crazy. I remember within like, the think f- about an army book per year per month almost. Yeah. That's yeah. bananas. And I remember yeah. at the six month point. It was pretty sparse. Right? Yeah, it wasn't as much. I mean, I still felt they were putting out more in that six months than they had in in any previous six month period, but 11 battle tomes four grand Alliance books, obviously Mm -hmm. Um, in the first year, they put out 13 novels Uh, and, and overall since as of this recording, 15 novels that included gates of Azir and labyrinth of the lost. Mm -hmm. The, the nine realm gate wars all got limited editions. Ten now, yeah. Ten yeah. now, um, and four Legends of Age of Sigmar books. So Pestilence, um, Fire Slayers, um, Sylvaneth, and oh, I don't know. Uh, you got the Black Rift of Claxus. Right, think, right, right into Legends. So. There's uh, five campaign books and there's eight audio dramas. Crazy, um, new releases. All right, so including the Silver Tower. They're just weird stats, so I'm just going to round off. Nine right. wizards, six priests, seven if you count the second slot of priest. Right? Four yeah, totems. He's rad. Uh, Archaon has the most keywords of any battle tome or any <laughs> war scroll. All right. Grot scuttlings have the fewest. Okay. Good job, Grotz. All right. Uh, individual box releases. Stormcast at 14. Bloodbound at six. Fire Slayers at six. Iron Jaws at six. Sylvaneth have five. It felt like that was a bigger release, but... Not as big I think, as Iron I mean, Jaws. it went into the dual kits and such. Like sure. They got some more right. play out of that. Yeah. Um, Ever Chosen at three. Corn Demons at one with Scarbrand. Mm, all right. Uh, he comes up a lot. Yeah. Right. Shows up once or twice in the fluff. Uh, and we got nine scenery boxes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Man. Uh, right. Plus one Realm of Battle after the first year. Yeah. Uh, five of those are Chaos Dreadholds. Yeah. So... Um, and I don't have a number of like the total number of releases. I should have grabbed that number, but hundreds of releases here. Um, pretty amazing. Like over, I, I mean, and on one hand, if you want to keep up with everything, that's overwhelming. Yep. But a lot of the concern early on, or people wanted, was, and even still, they're like, "Well, what's happening with the elves?" You know, that sort of stuff. Getting out all the information isn't necessarily what was going to happen, but they got out a lot of information. Yep. All right, so I think uh, we'll uh, move on to some of our, our phase-centric questions. And, yep. again, these are just kind of roughly thrown in there. We got, uh, for our community phase-associated questions, we've got uh, one coming in from Ben Curry, a man who needs no introduction. Wait, wait what? Who's he? I don't know, some some podunk podcast. <laughs> so uh, you, you can follow him on Twitter, at baddice underscore podcast, and... If you didn't guess, he has a podcast <laughs> called Bad Dice. You can find it on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, and he's also the the 
the founder of the TGA.community forums. Yeah. Um, what's his question? He says, on a scale of one to 10, with one being not very much and 10 being Ben's ego, how jealous are you of us Warhammer World locals? Smiley face slash winky face. Also, what's the best Age of Sigmar forum started this year? Okay, two-part question. Yeah, okay. Um, I really appreciate how much he's focused on the Mortal Realms and asking us to to, <laughs> to expand on, yeah, on no, us. I, uh, I like how there's no ulter- ulterior motives here. So, no. uh, uh, so I... You went to our Warhammer World, didn't you? I went for I was there for an hour and a half. Okay, um, because I couldn't my train skills, my my cell phone, my I was catching a cold. It was a it was kind of a bad day. Okay, so I'm gonna pitch um, this one to you though. So all right, on a so, scale of one to, you know, Warhammer World's really cool. Um, yeah. and I think, I mean, it would be cool to be able to go there anytime you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that brings me up to maybe a four on the oh, jealousy right, scale, right? right so just being right. able to go. But you can get old just in and of itself, right? Just going okay. over and over and over. But so it's a four. All right. Then though, you've got it's it becomes a magnet for a lot of the community, right? Sure. Especially right. in the UK. So everybody's going to come around there at some point in time. Okay. Right. So for me, that brings it up to maybe maybe a six, a seven. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to put a seven. Um, ben Curry's nearby. I'm going to drop that drop back down to six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Ben Johnson's there, so that's popping it back up to All right. eight. Nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not often that starstruck. I really enjoyed being there. I definitely, if I was around, I'd go again. Um, uh, so I, I'll I'll put it at like an eight or nine. Okay. Like I'm not too too much of a jealous type. I'm not going to go like, uh, you yeah. know, because that's pretty jealous though. Eight or nine. Because yeah. I mean, if I were there, yeah. yeah, that would bump it up to a ten. Okay. Because I like wherever I'm at. Yeah. Um, if Davey was there, if Davey was there, it was a 10. Yeah. If you were also easy, there, it'd be easy, a 10. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you weren't there, it yeah. couldn't go higher than a 9. Yeah, Ben, how jealous are you that you don't get to come out and play with me? Yeah. Every month? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. you can answer that Reverse. in the next tweet. Yeah, throw that out. How jealous are you that you don't get a red Zeke? <laughs> how about right. you? Jealous. Are you a jealous uh, person? Yeah, so I've I've never been been in the G Dub hobby since '95. Uh, so yeah, I've only been in a couple of years, and I got to go. Yeah, an appalling God, <laughs> twenty one years. That's pretty gross. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, pretty jealous. I'll, I'll I'll back you up on that eight or nine. Like okay. yeah, that seems pretty cool. That yeah, seems, seems pretty fun. So. Well, and I think the community right now with Age of Sigmar is more appealing than it's ever been. And and Ben um, Cree and Ben Johnson done a great job of building up the mm-hmm. uh, the the Darby um, War Games group yep. and uh, yeah, bar none, there'd be there's so much energy over there that'd be really cool to tap into. Yeah. Second part of that question: best forum that got started. Those those Facebook ones are pretty good. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, uh, and Stronghold, the Stronghold. Oh, Have you seen that? Yeah. Those guys are those guys are all yeah. full core. It's press. all destruction, yeah. but they yeah. do they they run yeah. a loose ship. I mean, tight ship. Right? It's a destruction <laughs> destroyed what's, ship. What's good? What's better? What's, what's, what's better right. for destruction? All right. Um, but uh, I can't. Nothing else comes to mind. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there? Um, yeah, we'll. Pr- if we think of some, we'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll, right. we'll come back to that one. Um, Vince also had another question besides his favorite moment of the year. He had, oh, uh, he so specifically with the community. So he asked us uh, from GW, but he also wants to know from the independent side of things, what was yeah. the most inspiring thing? Eric, go. Okay. Um, gosh darn it. I'm amazed by how much um, community created content there was, whether mm-hmm. it be scenarios. Um, and I think, you know, and um, well, I'll, 
we'll shout out a couple more as they we get field questions from them. Um, but I'll shout out specifically again Alex Nygaard with the um, endless or sorry the end times took yeah. all the end times stuff yeah that and put it brought it into AOS. I haven't been able to get into it yet, but just like the idea of it makes me happy. Yeah, right. Um, and I think the biggest and and we've done some stuff with is um, the the Mangle miniatures. Oh um, yeah, Tyler yeah. Mangle. Besides being a great painter, is just you know he's I mean I think he's been called you know the the undying king right right um, because he will not let the tomb kings die yeah. in Age of Sigmar um, as much as they've been tombed um, he's not going to let that happen and and with that kind of support I don't see why I mean half of my uh, undead army is tomb kings yeah uh, and so I'm happy that he's got kind of I mean yeah so I think in general the biggest thing in general is just how much people have been inspired by the setting and the openness, like just games workshop, not saying, not just saying, make it your own, mm-hmm. but creating the environment for you to really feel like you can make it your own. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that has inspired the community to, to create whatever they want to create. And so that's been cool. And then I think Tyler's is the kind of pinnacle of that kind of expression. Yeah, it just brought all the pieces of it together. You know, the, the creative ability, the uh, passion for a particular, niche and uh just finding a way to let that openness of aos you know uh yeah. finding a way to to speak and find his his yeah. spot in that so you know i know we've i know we've talked about him before but uh yeah that'd be that'd be up there yeah. um, I, think, I mean um the holy hammer stuff from eighth edition the holy yeah. hammers um doing uh, holy wars and holy havoc broke the mold of eighth yeah but it's coming to its own in age of sigmar yeah and really inspired by what what Steve and that crew is doing. And then also, you know, with, um, uh, a sponsoring raw, mm-hmm. it's not cause there's any money to be had or right, <laughs> like, right, this yeah, isn't yeah, like yeah. endorsements. Like, yeah. like this is just something we wish we could be a part of if we were there. Yeah. And just to say, Hey, you know what? We're going to create something totally different. We've got four tables next to each other linked to make up a, a realm. Right. Right. Like that kind of stuff is just like, wow. You know? Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I would uh, also throw in there, and we, we had him on the show, but uh, Matt Sprange with uh, TT Wargaming Diary, he had that uh, he had that thing that every time you're reading through a campaign book or something, you're always like, wouldn't it be cool if I played through this whole campaign, like had yeah. the forces built for this and all that, and he went out and did it, right? I mean, he took that thing where like ever since I was, ever since I was a kid and reading through books, like, oh, man, I wish I could make all the armies that are in this book and then yeah. play it. He just did it, you know, so uh, kudos to him there. Yeah. So I think we're both like just the, the anytime anybody's gone into created or taken action to a big degree and shared it, mm-hmm. right, been inspired to share it with the rest of us. That's been really cool. So that's the look back. Uh, Vince also asked us to take a look ahead. He says, uh, what's your hope for the community in year two? One thing you would love to see happen in the community in year two. So one of the things that I've talked about, I don't know if I've talked about this much on anything. I mean, you and I have talked about briefly. Um, one of the things that I think has been really cool about the last year in, in nerddom in general is yeah. the the resurgence of of role playing games, mm-hmm. specifically Dungeons and Dragons, okay. from Wizards of the Coast, yeah. um, Newman, uh, the Monty Cook games, the Numenera. Um, it's done a ton of kickstarters in the community around that. Just is crazy, and I think there's a lot of synergies in the wacky stuff that's from that RPG. Anyway. Point is, is that there's a big resurgence in this narrative, like get your friends together, tell stories together. Yeah. And I see an opportunity within the community 
for in Age of Sigmar, and I and I know that there's you know um, Ming put out a uh, at Thornshield on Twitter and part of the Raw group uh, put out a, a call on TGA.community about hey. What if there's a consortium of narrative people that are here to just support other narrative players? Yeah. And in my head, I see that a lot like that these people are are, are GMs. They're right. game masters. Yeah. There's individuals in our community. Everybody likes narrative to some degree, but there's some people that like to organize it yeah. and bring things together. Yeah. Um, and one of the cool things that Wizards of the Coast did that, um, that uh, Dungeons & Dragons did is they put out a DMs guild. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it's a way for... Um, people in the community to publish content for Dungeons and Dragons using um, trademarked material. Yeah. Sometimes uh, images, sometimes uh, tables, sometimes um, you know text, whatever that's explaining things, and be able to give it a, you know like either give it away or sometimes even sell it for a portion. So it kind of creates this little marketplace. And kind of piggyback off what we last said, I think it would be a really great way to support the creative community inside of Age of Sigmar. Absolutely. To be able to, I know, I mean, I've talked to Tyler a ton, and he's super, like, cautious about, you know, running up against Games Workshop's copyrights. Right. And those things, and he means Games Workshop no harm whatsoever. He just wants to encourage the community. It's mm-hmm. very altruistic. Right. Um but that but you don't want to sell your hobby with, you know, right. I mean, against the, yeah. I, you know, no, I think we're all still a little f- creators are afraid of the cease and desist. Matter. Right. So some framework or guideway to say, Hey, you know what? It's going to be okay. You can do this. Mm-hmm. So I think something like the DMs guild for age of Sigmar for games workshop would be really cool to continue to uh, foster creativity within the community. That's, I think would be cool for, yeah. Uh, along those same lines, I would like to see the community. So historically, community events have been, here's a tournament. It's Swiss pairing. At the end of it, we declare uh, a champion. And the details of that, exactly how you get to that champion, have varied somewhat. Like, how much do I include painting in that? How much? How do I rate sportsmanship? All that sort of But it's been this idea of you're going to play your five games. And, you know, at the end of the day, it is a game. But what I'd really like to see is... Harnessing, you know, we see this three ways to play, right? Open, yeah. narrative, um, and matched. Well, matched is getting a lot of attention from the community right now in events. Yeah. Let's let's see some uh, let's see some attention be paid to those others. Like, what what if we get that uh, you know two day narrative going on like that? Like, I I think there's uh, I think there's a lot of room to explore for somebody to innovate in that realm yeah. and and build on that. So that what? that is what I'd like to see somebody really step up. And there's people making those plays, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Wapaka, Chet yeah. Hansen's going to do a one-day narrative map campaign. Yeah. So what is what can you get done in in three to four games? Yeah. Uh, to kind of tell a story. You yeah. Know? Um, I heard somebody talking about the idea, and it might have been um, the Rolling Bad podcast. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But the idea of coming to a two-day or a three-day, mm-hmm. but you come to the event with your bare plastic. Oh wow! All right. And and you build and paint together. Um, and then you spend the, the, the last day um, playing. So nice. you're kind of it, – it becomes a hobby weekend, Interesting. Not, just a, not just a gaming yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, and what that could mean, you know, you could bring bits boxes, right? Yeah. You could bring um, – everybody bring your bits box and, and trades and that sort of stuff just to get creativity going. And maybe somebody who's like, you know what, I'm not very fast. Yeah. Maybe they can get techniques in that to get faster and 
put through a, a speed paint army kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. I like um, but, you know, things that, like, so far, like you said, we're focused, most events have been focused on how many games can we get out of the weekend. Yeah. And we're, I mean, we're seeing some of those narrative elements salt into some things, you know, you got Holy Wars, Holy Havoc, and uh, Realms at War Legends, right? Yep. They have this idea of, like, your warlord's going to progress through it. So, yep. like, I love seeing that aspect sneaking in there. And I'm not saying we got to do away with the with the yep. match player. Yep. Like, it's but in addition to right, it's, exactly. There's there's room for both. So let's let's expand let's let's expand the scope of what we're what we're doing out there. Like yep. there's there's all kinds of reasons to play. So, yep. yeah. I, and I think the events is where the community historically has been the most creative and been allowed to be creative. Because hey, I'm going to run this event and do some things. Yeah, um, and so it certainly has the most potential to be where more creativity happens. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean. Um, I'm sure we'll have some more ideas too, but yeah, the, the community is the probably the single best thing that's come out of Age of Sigmar. I know we've lost some people, and hopefully they'll find their way back, or we'll, we're going to get new people in. Um, uh, and so, if we can continue to support the community and and grow the community and see what the community creates, I think that's where we're going to see the. I mean, Games Workshop is going to contribute a lot of fun to, yeah. <laughs> to the next year as, as well. Yeah. You know, they're going to come out with new battle tones or new cool right. races or something, right. uh, reimaginings. Um, but the community is where I'm most excited to see um, things coming out of in the next year. Yeah. All right. So we got some questions regarding the narrative, regarding the, the story. Yeah. Um, it's what we've spent the most of our time. If you listen to an episode, right? Yeah. Five-eighths of it six eighths of it Five is eights, yeah yeah right. you know okay it's <laughs> story the traditional eighths the story phase <laughs> um and uh i had uh anyway um so we got some questions about the novels the stories yep. the stuff from black library um the first question we got tyler emerson scrubby and wells yeah so at scrubby and wells yep now doing um, his own podcast right yeah a yep. very um, two episodes out of the time of us recording this right now yeah very yeah. thought provoking asking kind of questions yeah at the community level at the kind of uh market level yeah you know what what can the the gaming market sustain yeah um, if you want to think a little deeper about your hobby like yeah. this is this is the guy to to engage here so the question is what have been your favorite moments in the AOS narrative so far? Davey? Well, let's see. One is getting a little ahead of us just slightly. I was checking out uh, All Points, and uh, it was uh, there are some very cool moments in All Points, so we're going to bring those to you in a little bit. So uh, staying, staying spoiler-free uh, when we do that. I've, That's been your favorite so far? It's been one of my favorites. Okay. So I, I, I don't know that I could uh, put it up there, but... Um, I think uh, I think as a as a broad aspect, I'd say just the the wide open. It, it felt intimidating at the beginning, but the wide open uh, aspect of the realms, where all of a sudden you're like, oh man, there's so much room to expand and so much room for stories to tell instead of being constricted of, you know, how could these guys ever fight these guys because they're on opposite sides of the world from each other? Like they just there's so much room that you can tell the story that you want to tell. But to to get more specific. Um, I guess I'd say Archaon being, you know, I've said this before. He's he's a big bad that that plays the role of the big bad, right? Like yeah. he uh, he's a scary dude and he's good at what he does. Instead of it being like, aha, you know, bad guys lost again or comical. Like it feels like something's at risk when when he's on the field. Like he's he's uh, a mover and a shaker, and and um, 
you don't always get that. You know, sometimes you get like this guy is so dangerous, but he loses every time. You know, in 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 some other narratives, and he hasn't been that. Like it, it's a uh, it's a a cool thing um, how he's been this this source of uh, you know of, of the the of a antagonist that you can believe is the actual is a is a worthy antagonist, I guess. So yeah. I think that's been a strong um, cool. cohesive part. Let's of Let's do it back and forth. All so right, you go. say one, and I'll say one. All right, go. Because then we can. Um, Gates of Azir. Yeah. Um, the Stormcast touching down for the very first time. Now that we've gone through, like that feels more momentous. Yeah. And then piggybacking on that, uh, Vandis kneeling down, taking off his helmet to Kalia. Mm. Is her name Kalia? The the human. The our first glimpse of like the setting of like human disparity. Right. Um, and this, and like I know people have been asking over and over what's inside those suits, but we learn it in the first book. Yeah. There's the people. Yeah. They're immortal, but they're people. They're huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this face to face, and you know, like that, the humans are what they're there for. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a cool, really cool moment for me. Yeah. All right. Back to you. Uh, let's see again something that we haven't gotten to cover yet. But uh, book ten of the Realmgate Wars novels is Lord of Undeath. You get a real good look at Nagash, and uh, again, another big mover and shaker. Um, I think that is a really difficult character to write. Like he's been around for millennia like even before the world that was went away uh and they did a great great job of fleshing him out ha uh, um you know he's in there in some of the audio dramas but uh they they did a good job of handling how that you know understanding how that death alliance is is uh participating in there yeah um in uh sorry in the audio dramas mm-hmm. when um conrad not conrad sorry Manfred. Manfred uh, betrays our hero, mm-hmm. uh, Tarsus. Yeah, like because you all the way through, you're not you're not sure if he's going to. Yeah, uh, and when he does, though, he, there's some regret. There's some like he's not totally happy with himself. Although he does not let anybody know that he would regret anything. Yeah, uh, but that moment of like, no. He's who he is. Uh, he's not yeah. changing. Um, and but Tarsus, it made Tarsus even better, a better hero, right. kind of in that regard. Like he still trusted. Like sure. he still let, gave him opportunity. So that was a cool. Um, and then him doing his whirly cape to, <laughs> to throw his cape Slow hammers. Bow. Yeah, right. You know, his, his pirouette. Yeah, uh, to hit Nagash and then get swallowed up by. Back at you. Um. Now do one that that maybe people have heard already. That people have heard instead of these from us, these future ones that nobody can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite parts of stuff you haven't even seen yet. Yeah, (laughs) this is all these all hipster cool moments. AOS hipster. Remember back in in the year one episode when I said this was the coolest. (laughs) Um, well, let me roll that over then. Um, I would say, uh, just some of the images of uh like uh, you're talking about background it's not just the words right but it's the it's the um the paintings or the um artwork that they put in the books like there is some spectacular artwork and especially for me it's the landscapes that they put out like establishing like hey look this is a fantastical world like we got waterfalls of molten metal 
falling from a floating island onto another floating island, and that's heated by a drag. Yeah. Like the realms have been an amazing character. Yeah, exactly. Each of the realms, not even realms, but even like just different locations. Right. And how they just like toss out like throwaway names. Yeah. Throughout all the books that make you go, whoa, I want to go there. I'm yeah. Like, what exactly. would a postcard from there look like? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just like getting those snapshots, like. Like I love when I turn the page and I'm like, oh, here's a map. Like let me let me pick through this and let's see what let's see what cool stuff is like buried in here and that can spark that uh, bit of hobby. So Torglug being reforged. Yes. Oh, well done. All right. Um yeah. any there's been a number of times where, you know, in the first books they set a pattern mm-hmm. and then anytime they break the pattern or show us something new. So mm-hmm. like in, in Warbeast, having the our two heroes like reforged, taken not at their deaths, but before. Yeah. And one, not even like close to death. Yeah. Like, but just taken. Hey, you're mine. Um, and, but, you know, and then the opposite, Torglug. Yeah. Being a, previously a champion of good, mm-hmm. corrupted to a champion of Nurgle. Yeah. That was then, something else. And like, then reforged. And this. we, we spent some time on that. Like the, you know, the idea of redemption coming oh, in. Like man. that was, that was, that really kind of moved that, you know, elevation of Stormcast thing that, that, uh, cemented it as a, as a you know a bigger deal i guess i don't mm-hmm. know like it was there was there's more depth to it as yeah. a result yeah. so yeah. um i think also maybe finding out that when we first found out that 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 reforging has a cost yep you know the having um um that was a big takeaway from uh warbeast right it wasn't just uh warbeast what is uh, um who's our celestial vindicator um stormblade not stormblade Oh yeah, no. Bladestorm. Bladestorm. Um having him come back and just be very like to the extreme, like we see yeah. pretty starkly in um in the Galmaraz series. Yeah. How that's affected him and what but it, and then how it's affected everybody differently. Mm-hmm. There's so much room to play with that. Yeah. Um uh Vandis and the Hammerhand's getting erased by Archeon. Yeah. Like just like no, they're they are the they're the poster they are the poster children of Sigmar's Right. Um, you know, um, push and Archeon just swats them. Yep. Yeah. Um, extremist chambers and all. Yep. You know. Um, so any others come to mind? I think that's, uh, I think that's the core of it. I was going to say, uh, so I've read, uh, Call of Archeon. Have you gone through it yet? I read a few of the books, but. Okay. So that was one, that's one that we, I wish we could have covered. We still could. Um, we still can. Still could right? happen. But, it, but in the timeline, yeah. it was such a such a good set of stories. And, yeah. Um, and I feel like we'll cycle back around. Like it, it's a good opportunity to yeah. focus on something other than Stormcast. So we'll see. Yeah. But uh, I, more so later. Davey likes yeah. just reading in general. Yeah. And is always reading something. Like he's in addition to all the books that Black Library's put out. He's read other books that have nothing to do with like, the Sigmar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I am a read out of necessity. Yeah. So I tend to read. The books right before the episodes, so it's fresh in my mind and take the notes that sort of stuff. I'm in at least uh, three a month because I'm in a. I'm a, we've talked about Aaron before. I'm in a, a fantasy sci-fi book club with him, so we'll read a, a book every five or six weeks for that. I'll read for the podcast. I usually, you know, read whatever we're doing, and I'll try to you know expand out. So I'm kind of like the the scout for us on that, where I'll read ahead and say, "Yep, this book I think is worth worth checking out," and all that sort of thing. And then uh, to to change it up so it's not all fantasy and sci-fi, I'll try to read one other uh, you know, serious something. book. Yeah, exactly. Some, you some know. nonfiction. 
Well, sometimes nonfiction. I'm I'm doing a, a World War II history, but sometimes uh you know the more more serious fiction. So I, I mean, got I get a truckload of kids books in. Yeah. Oh no, I'm yeah, I'm all right. on that. But uh, <laughs> uh, Steinbeck or Cormac McCarthy, I've, I've been digging through those so, and all that sort of thing. So, so then we got a question. Um, well, this is I mean something you wanted to cover too is like what. So this is the question is what's essential reading? Yeah. So I actually got this. Uh, we, I mean, we, first of all, none of it because you can just listen to our podcast. Yeah, right? I know. Essential reading is the, uh, <laughs> no. is the link to the mortal realms podcast. No, uh, <laughs> we, we had, uh, we had a local fella runs one of the stores and he, he's, he's, uh, fella, that's a Texas term, right? Sure. Yeah. There you go. Uh, partner. <laughs> no, he, uh, he was asking me like, all right, you know, I got limited time. What do I got to read to like get caught up on the story? And I was like, ah, that's actually a pretty good question. Uh, <clears throat> and so we're taking a look at what, what you got out there. So you've got your, um, you've got your side projects like Sylvaneth or Fire Slayers and that sort of thing. And those, those are going to be essential if that's your, if that's your faction, right? You right. want to know the more legend about stuff. it. Legends. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. The battle tome. Um, but as far as actually getting, uh, getting on board with the sequential, uh, chronological storyline that they're laying out. You have the Realm Gate Wars, and I would say um, if you got someone new coming in, Gates of Azir is a is a real yeah. easy intro. Kind of lays it out. It's super short, and it, yeah. it lays out the the state of things. Yeah. Now, certainly, there's more to the story than what they put in that, obviously. Yeah. But it, yeah, I'm right there with you on just here's what's at stake. Here are the major players in this first series. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then other essentials, if you, if you are strictly interested in knowing what the storyline is to date, uh, Realm Gate Wars 1 and 2, that's Warstorm and Quest for Galmaraz. Uh, those are fundamental, uh, moments in the timeline that yep. are important for getting where we are. What was nice about those two is that they take you through three different stories. Right. So you can pick and choose a little bit, but you're getting a little bit in Garan. Yeah. You're getting a little bit in Shimon and you're getting a little bit in Akshi. Yeah. Um, and you get some major major heroes and major rivalries. Right, exactly. Uh, so that marches through. Uh, they hop off the Hammers of Sigmar on Realmgate Wars three. That's kind of that that almost could be a Legends. Like it, it really is kind of off the off the yeah, storyline. It's, it's in the Realmgate series, yep. but it doesn't really continue any of the storylines. Exactly. I didn't read it because you yep. told me that it doesn't really do that. We didn't cover it because yep. it it's cool. Like it, it's got some very cool moments. It's, but yeah, we get the Lord um, Celestin Prime. Yep, is kind of featured in one of the stories, yep. and Shyish is featured in another story with the necromancer. Yeah, a little bit of Shyish, a little bit of Akshi. Presumably, they don't get explicit necessarily about where the, but reading between the lines, it feels like it must be Akshi. So um, that, uh, and that's that's got some epic things going on there. I know uh, Dan Helan was talking that up, but as far as you know, uh, crucial or not, not necessarily. Yep. Um, four is Call of Archaon. That started out as a sequential. Um, yep. Not essential, but I would treat it as if you're if you are a chaos player, yeah. get that get that under your belt. Like it, it yeah. It's good for the motivation of, you know, what it means to and, be. And I would say, I mean, outside yeah. It's absolutely I think it's essential if you're chaos. Because mm. you're getting the you're you're learning in, in it's it's stormcast, stormcast, stormcast. Yeah. And this one gives you what's the other side doing? What's Arcan doing to prepare? Like, what's his response? Yeah. Um, what building up of the Varen Guard and you know, how what his his role compared to how's he working for or against or yeah. in spite of the other Chaos gods? Yeah. 
or the chaos gods. He's not a he's a demigod. Right, right. right? I mean, it's just it's so different from everything else mm-hmm. that that's why. Yeah, we worth have, worth reading. There's worth, some there's some incredible moments in there. But again, storyline we're still story. looking at one, two, um, three, four, non-essential. Five is uh, Wardens of the Everqueen. Again, you're back into you are back into the main storyline. So uh, not as crucial as one and two, but it does you know it is it is a progression of the storyline. Yep. Important events. Yep. Um, and it uh, progresses things along. So I would I would mark that in if you're trying to read storyline specific one, two, and five so far. Yep. Six, we get to War Beast. We covered that on the show. Yep. Uh, very interesting. Very. It's a great standalone. Yep. It's one where you can get in and not know anything else, mm-hmm. and you get new characters not tied to anything previously. Learn some about the Skaven. So if you just want one book to yep. get in, and yeah, it's an easy one to get in. Yep. It's a, it's a lot of content and a good development. Yep. But not storyline essential. Correct. Uh, seven is going to be Fury of Gork. Yeah. Which, uh, same same boat. Um, I would put it in the same same realm as uh, War Beast, where okay. not storyline essential. Uh, very interesting. And I would say if you are an Iron Jaws player, uh, that's got some really good orc moments in there, yeah. as you might expect. So, Yeah, the second set of audio dramas also has... Yep. So both, the, both all the audio dramas... I would say not necessarily essential. Yeah, I I agree with that, and that those actually come into play on um, on book nine. So okay. we'll get to that in a sec. Uh, book eight is uh, Blade Storm. Yes, book eight, Blade Storm, Thostus Blade Storm. It was originally released sequentially, like a serial, yeah, seven parts all all uh, combining, and then they released it in one single piece. Um, again. I don't feel it was crucial to the storyline, but it is more so like Thostis plays a part, um, especially spoiler alert in all gates. He, he pops up. So if it, this, this has got a little more background there. So I put it a, a tier above fury of Gork or, um, war beast. or war beast, uh, as far as that goes, so it's revisiting a character that we, he yep. was part of the Gamaraz yep. um, campaign. Yeah. Um, and he pops up back here, but if, if you need to trim it, you, you can trim it. But if, uh, and spoiler what's he going out is he trying to parlay with uh uh the oryx or? uh he's got a mission in the realm of beasts um and uh so fury of gork they're specifically trying to uh trying to find gorkamorka like okay. where they're trying to find sigmar's pantheon uh bladestorm he's got a specific mission to help set up the uh, battle for the all gates uh or all points and uh but it does bring him into contact with orcs. It's another good one. Uh, certainly make it uh, essential, I would say, if you are um, or or destruction player want to know or, or a green skin player want to want to get that iron jaws. Um, lays them out pretty interestingly there. So, okay. uh, more Tark of Night. So this is book nine. Uh, this is actually the novelization of the audio dramas. Okay. So if you which is Hunt for Nagash. Yep. Uh, Hunt. Yeah. So. The first, uh, the first four. Again, trying to put trying to put uh, the pantheon together. Um, so the first four we've covered on this show. Looking for Nagash, trying to set up that embassy with him, and then the next four are trying to deal with the betrayal of Manfred, hunt him down. Um, got some good green skin moments in there, but again, uh, these I'd put it on the same uh, same tier as Blade Bladestorm. Is that one covering both of these two? The two, the eight audio dramas. Yep, more Tark of Night is all eight, eight audio dramas all cool. together. So, cool. uh, which I would say, 
audio drama is again not essential for the main Realmgate story. Mm-hmm. It's if you love death, mm-hmm. um, and like you said, green skins, but it's also the, the audio dramas are a different experience than right. books. And right. I'd say I really enjoyed the first four better. So just getting into it, getting a sense of it. Yeah, those first four are pretty worth it. I think. Yeah. So and this is also a budget way of. Uh, you know, the, the audio dramas are more expensive mm-hmm. than uh, than picking up a novel. So if you want to know that story, the audio dramas feel a little pricey for you, then that's that's the way you can go. Um, and then uh, book 10 was more uh, uh, Lord of Undeath. And I would put that up there. Um, so you got one, two, five, we've identified as essential with eight being one, two, three, second five. tier, not three. You don't think three, Gamoras? Three is Hammers of Sigmar. Oh, okay. Uh, so we've got uh, Gates of Azir, one, right. two, five, uh, is is what we okay. termed it essential. Um, Sorry, I lost track. No, that's all right. I'd put this maybe maybe a hair under that, but pretty pretty momentous as far as like that. So uh, I I feel okay marking this as as uh, in the realm of of essential for knowing what nigh the big, essential nigh essential, you know. Maybe you can get away, and some of it is because that's as far as we've gone. So I don't know what happens next. So I don't know. I don't know where that uh, plays into you know future events. So, right, right. Uh, which is actually true for any of these. Like any of these may, in fact, be more be more pivotal than we realize um, based on what comes up. Right. So right. All right. So when it comes down to it, the Gates Black, of Azir, yeah. one, two, five, and so uh, maybe ten. Gates of Azir. Yep. Warstorm. Yep. Gomorrah. Yep. Um, Wardens. Wardens of the Ever Queen. Yep. And um, then right underneath there, Lord of Undeath. Right. Okay. That's if if you want to just stay with the essential chronological um, storyline, and we've mm-hmm. kind of hit reasons why you might check I mean, out. The like other you one. said, to Warns of the Other Queen, we get to Illyrio. Mm-hmm. We know what happens, how she, you know, what happens to her. Yeah. Um, the other ones, iffy. Like yeah. we haven't yeah. won them over yet, or you know, haven't found Gorkamork, haven't parlayed with right Nagash until maybe lord of undeath yeah and this is all hand in hand with the uh the four campaign books like cool. those are those are definitely laying it out so would you say the four campaign books are essential for a story i mean we're like the the first two um yeah the the first campaign books like we had said in the last episode are very heavily covered in the novels and so i think the not the ones that we've called essential cover the first two yeah um and even balance of power which is the third one heavily in warrens of the ever queen right so i yeah. I feel like you can get Wardens of the Ever Queen is more essential maybe than yep. that. But then we've gotten to God Beast and um, All Gates. God Beast and All Gates are, are off the grid as far as there's, there's no overlap with now right. almost no. So I mean, really like a 5% overlap. Those have been essential. Yep. It's, it's just looking for story if you want to know what's going on. Yep. Those are kind of essential for that assessment, getting sure. the story. Yep. Um, certainly, if you just read all of the campaign books, you're going to get a good sense of the story. Yep. Um, but yeah, so. All right. That's, that's your essential reading. Thanks, uh, thanks Davey. <laughs> sure. We got one more in the story phase. This is from uh, David Griffin. He's at Nash of Sigmar. and uh, He's the winner of uh, Adepticon. Yeah, no the, big deal. The tournament there. Yeah. Uh, so he's an Adepticon champ. He's our U.S. champ. Um, and the question is, is Scarbrand the pop-up ad of the age of Sigmar it seems like he's always appearing right where you don't want him. <laughs> he, he does, uh, he does get around a lot for a guy who <laughs> can't actually fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's getting sucked through portals and, yeah, or, yeah. well there, you got the, uh, corn express. 
Yeah. Right? Where he's, yeah, yeah. he hits you and you end up somewhere. Yeah, he just throws you wherever he wants <laughs> you. Yeah. Um, is he like, yeah, for a, for Korn, um, Corgus Cole's been, for the Bloodbound, has been the kind of the strongest character. And uh, second to that, I guess Scarbrand has shown up a lot. Yeah, I would argue. I think Scarbrand may make more appearances uh, yeah. at, at at this stage. And, and uh, he's got. I mean, he's got a really interesting story again in that dichotomy of, um, in one of the Call of Archeon Corn followers has a similar bent. Oh yeah, Scarbrand challenged. Yeah, um, took a whack at Corn. Didn't, didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't work out great when you tried to attack the hubris living body. much. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, so he's he's in. He gains his power from corn, but despises corn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it's an interesting character. And yeah. he's a beast on the battlefield for yeah. sure, right? I haven't actually uh, played him, I, I, but uh, he, he seems fun. Like he's he's enough to make me want to, if I get my corn stuff together down the line, yeah. uh, I would I would like to try him out. He looks cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to David's point, I, th- I think they could have used a different bloodthirster in one or two spots. and you know, <laughs> But... It's cool. It's good to see him, and he's he's a cool dude. So yeah. Uh, let's see. So our next few questions we thought we'd put into the hero phase. Well, uh, let me ask you this question oh, sure. before we Back get it off. there. Yeah. I mean, how were you? Did you read a lot of the the stories in Eighth Edition? Were you that into the? I would say that. Uh, Yes, but that was a lot easier back then. I, I, you know, and I don't have a count of how many novels, but certainly there was nowhere, you know. If you look at the number of novels released in the past year, uh, that might equal the you know total output of novels you know from yeah. uh, the entirety of of some of the previous editions. Would so. you say that? I mean, talk about essential reading. Do you feel like getting into the the Black Library stuff is key for players in Age of Sigmar? For new players, for um, you know people getting to know what this is all about. I think it's. Uh, I think it depends on how you're coming at the hobby. Like I, I would say, if you're coming at it from the face hammer angle, where you're like, I want to get a tournament list. I'm going to do that match play. Let me let me play with points, and that's cool. That's fun. I've I've done that thing. Um, then no, you know, not really. But if you're, uh, if you want to, you know, build a story, build a narrative, there there are great ways of kind of sparking your imagination. You know, whether it's whether it's you're reading through those timelines in the campaign books or one of the battle tomes. Yeah. Or uh, or just getting the novels. So, so we did get one more question uh, for the story phase, um, and this question is from Alex Nygaard. And he, as I mentioned before, he put together a battle tome for the end times. So he took each of the scenarios and some of the other content in there, and created some times of war and stuff, and created playable Age of Sigmar um, scenarios and, and a campaign. Um, and uh, you can. Um, so a lot of really cool things there. And he asked the question, are we, we, are we where we want to be with the fluff? Um, do we have enough breadth and depth of fluff that we want? Um, and you know, he points to some complaining early on about kind of the quality of the fluff, the stories and that sort of stuff. And so I guess one question is per what I was just asking you is like, is this storytelling up to snuff? I know. You know, you're reading other things too. You have points of reference, right? Beyond this, which brings brings your value up greatly for this podcast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the first part of that question is: is the is the writing good enough? I think it's good. I mean, I think it's. I think um, you know, we're 
we're not reading Shakespeare, you know, but we're, it's, it's entertaining. There's, there's moments that you're like, wow, that's cool. And that's, that's what I'm looking for out of this kind of, this kind of book. So, yeah. And I think when he says, uh, when he says, are we where we want to be, you know, do we have the breadth and depth? I, I think, you know, when it started out, we were like, what's going on? Like we, there's so much we don't know. And it felt like, especially since we just erased everything that had come before, yeah. you know, we were sure nothing. Yeah. It was nothing to, nothing to grab onto, nothing to, to build. But now we've got that. Now, now you have a sense of like a, a broad sense, you know, there's, there's enough things out there where you can build a story around what you go. And I like that there is unexplored things. Like I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good thing. I, I like that. It isn't, that every corner well, isn't. That's, that's one of the things that some people were asking for early on was give me a map of all the realms, mm-hmm. show me where their borders are, mm-hmm. give me the you know give me the breadth and depth of everything, mm-hmm. tell me where the elves are, what they're doing, the doors, what are they doing? Yeah, but it's an essential storytelling, um, you know, mechanic to leave some things unknown, mm-hmm. and in the same way that the Stormcast and the Bloodbound have been the, um, well, so the Bloodbound and I think Nurgle. Um, have been the the as opposed uh, on opposite sides of the Stormcast and the um, Sylvaneth. Yeah, those have been the, the protagonists and the antagonists. Yeah, for this Realm Gate yeah. Wars. Yeah. Um, upcoming, we're going to see a switch. Yeah. Right. It won't be these characters, but in order to have another kind of epic storyline, we've got to save some things. Right. And so. I think, I mean, having read through what we've read through, I feel like we've got, I mean, we haven't gotten through, we haven't gotten to the realm of light. We haven't gotten to the realm of, of shadow. shadow. Yeah. Um, and we haven't really gone to Azir too much. Yeah. But maybe, you know, I'm sure. We, we have we have a little more details about that, but I think sure. we're going to be there. I think Archeon I think, wants yeah. to slam into there. Yeah. Right. Skaven have been there. Right. Yeah. 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 So there's still room for this to grow. And that's the point of this, of this the world they've set up is they need room to keep going. Yeah. And so I would say on the question of like, do we have enough? I would say, I think we have enough to tell good stories and to create good armies from some things. Yeah. There's still holes. Yeah. But I think that gives us something to look forward to next year. Mm -hmm. What's the next campaign going to be? And I almost certain it's going to involve, um, Slanesh. Yep. You know, baby. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, Slanesh and the elves. Those those got to tie together. Um, and and the dwarves. The I think the. Yeah, um, they may not head. tie within that storyline, but we we need to know what happens because uh, we we've got a sense of of uh, what happened to the followers of Grimnir. But what about Grungni? Like he's yep. he's still missing. So that's a that's a question mark there. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I think I think we've got enough. I think that there's plenty more to explore. Yeah. And and would be make for an exciting second year. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, there's certainly writing that I've loved yeah. and some that I've, you know, had to get through, but yeah. I'm not, I don't read as well as Davey. So I'm, I'm definitely, very sl- few do <laughs> my friend. Yeah. I'm definitely one of those slow readers that reads everything in your head. So whatever. All right. Moving on to the hero phase. Yeah. So we got, this one comes in from Charles Moore. He's uh, at, O-D-I-A-M-H. Uh, and he's asking us, how will the growth in the community affect the scene? Do new players feel welcomed by the, those of us who bought in on day one? Well, you know, some of us bought in day one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no. So this is, I mean, this is the, any community that's growing. 
mm-hmm. deals with this. Yep. So first of all, if you're dealing with this, it's a good sign because right. you're growing. Right. Right. So it's a positive and we've got to embrace it. Um, any and and old guard versus new guard, right? It's people who've been around for a while versus people that um, are just trying to figure things out, asking. And I'd say that where we see, you can see it evident. You go to uh, Facebook pages and you got somebody posting, hey, what does anybody think about this rule? Can we do it this way? Mm-hmm. Where maybe the FAQs already answered it, but they, you know, haven't found the FAQ yet. Or right. it's a, it's a philosophical conversation that's already been had in the community somewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, about, you know, hey, are Tomb Kings still viable or, you know, whatever, and opinions abound. Um, so I think the first piece is, is don't don't assume everybody's caught up. Right. Don't ass- First thing, don't assume that anybody who's coming to your gaming club or going when you're seeing them online asking question, Twitter, TGA, wherever, that they've read any other post on that forum before. Yeah. To know where it's at. So, and I think that, I mean, that takes patience is just saying, hey, you know, yeah, here's where you go to find out more information. Um, what other things are going to help that like new players feel welcome? Um, I think one of the things I think the general's handbook actually creates some positives and some negatives for the community coming in. Um, one, you've got a bunch of people that have been struggling for the last year not struggling in a negative way but like working at it mm-hmm. to make to like find out the benefits of open play right again that creativity that fill in the gaps give me a blank canvas and i'll paint a picture kind of thing yeah um and you've got a lot of new people coming in that are going to be focused on points so you said match play is a focus yeah and that can be can, like people that might have concerns that hey is the whole scene going to go to match play right um and I, th- one of the things that happened quickly with points is people are, you know, it went from, hey, every unit has value to this unit is overcosted and I'll never put this in my list. Right, exactly. And so you start disparaging the value of, of kits of, you know, um, or value on the battlefield versus aesthetics and those yeah. kinds of debates. Yeah. And even those people that are number crunching and like doing that kind of stuff, like that's their hobby. Yeah. Right. I think what the general's the positive of the general's handbook is that it's highlighting it highlights three ways to play. Yep. Absolutely. But, but there's so many ways to play and to, to make this part of your hobby. Yeah. I mean people complaining and trying to compare like which units are the crappiest or the yeah. most broken. That's their hobby. Like that's right. how they want to engage in it. Right. Positives. Like like so I think on one hand we've just got to be open to se- celebrating each other's way of playing or just identifying it and being okay with it. Mm-hmm. Now I have some concerns. Like whenever t- you start, yeah, whenever start the word "filthy," "broken," yeah, um, those things happen. Like I've talked about before, like the stigma on ogres in our local meta in Eighth Ed made me enjoy playing them less. Yeah. So when people start using "filth," the word "filth" and the word "broken," the word "auto include" or whatever, right? Without context, right? Without saying, well, in this situation they're good, in this situation they're bad, like. Mm-hmm it makes it hard for people to play the game they want to play. Right. So, I I mean, I don't want to get on a soapbox too much and say, Hey, watch your language, but you know, don't, don't swing around those words lightly. Don't just, um, you know, because you, 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 especially, I I would say those of us that have some voice or some people listen to, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, when, when face hammer says, Oh, these guys are broken. A lot of people listen to that, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, 
with with great power comes great responsibility because you know they might i mean they're kind of like spider-man right (laughs) um but you know like those words have impact on the community so uh, yeah i think that how we how we interact with new players coming in and being open to that is important yeah i mean when you look at the core of this question right growth how will growth in the community affect the scene like i think as a net it can only be positive right you got more more people more people coming in they they bring in uh, more people to play, fresh perspective. People coming in, they're looking at it a different way than than those of us who've been looking at it, yeah. you know, in a particular way since whatever edition you started in. Yeah. Like it's it's only good having more more people in your community to play with. Is there, there's no bad way about that. And so, uh, you know, bottom line is be open to what those new folks are bringing yeah. and uh, make sure you I, make sure you bring them online because yeah. that's. It's only going to be yeah. good for you and your local community and the community, the bigger community, the global community in yeah. general. So. Yeah, it's it's going – it's the positives of it are in equal measure to how we as – who've been here for a while or maybe, like you said, bought in day one. Mm. It's a direct correlation to how well we accept and, and include and support new yeah. players coming in. Yeah. Positivity. Uh, so you've uh, – this next one you've touched a little bit on your, your last answer here. This is from uh, C12, uh, C is in Charlie 12 um, on the TGA community. He asked, uh, "What do you, what do you think would make the game suffer in terms of rules, fluff, or release uh, backslash quotes squatting?" Um, so if something was removed, uh, what's your biggest fear for AOS? And you talked some about that uh, negative, and and for me, it's a, it's. A, concern for stagnation right like that's that's you know i felt like we were getting some there i know um when i was playing down in austin texas showing up there and that i felt like that community had somewhat stagnated in a particular like the only way you play is 2500 points you know i came in and i was coming from a different community so i asked you know do you guys play open list or closed list and the answer i got from the first guy i met was uh there's no such thing as closed list i was like well you know i I was playing in a different state and I can tell you there is such a thing as a closed <laughs> list. You know, there is, there's what you want it to be, you know, but they, they just got so locked in. And so, uh, again, uh, this yeah. one thing I like about the general's handbook is that it wasn't here are points. Congratulations. You have points. Now it was here are three ways to play. Mm-hmm. One of those ways is with points. So yeah. I, I thought they did a good job of not abandoning the roots of, of that. But yep. my concern would be that, the community doesn't explore those other ways to play like we talked about and, and get too much on board with the match play. Uh, I think, you know, we've, other people have talked about in this past, there's, there's room for all kinds of different, uh, all kinds of different ways to play uh, yeah, I think, and different events. And yeah. So, that, that would be my biggest fear too, yeah. is that we get stuck in one of those ways and we don't take full advantage of the others. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we talk about open play, what people may not be thinking and what the handbook shows is mostly multiplayer things. Yeah. How do you, you just break the boundaries of playing games with Triumph and Treachery or the Dominion yeah. stuff or whatever. You know, like, yeah. you know, five against one yeah. games. Like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, or four against one. Yeah. And you just see who can last in the middle longest. Right. Right? That's it's just a different way of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think the biggest fear, and I think the community has felt that, is like, what if match play takes over? What if our events are only uh, match play hardcore events? Um, and, I, I mean, I think because of how the general's handbook has been rolled out and how people are looking at, it, I can already see the community not giving up their freedom mm-hmm. 
from that we've had the past year to play how we want to play. Yeah. And if Games Workshop continues to support that, so they've just had um, Warlords, which is a match play event. Mm-hmm. But they've also had other narrative events and open play events. And so if they continue to kind of support that, I think, I think we shouldn't have any fears. And I mean, I know that you and I are, and people we play with are committed to narrative play. And right. I mean, again, why we're supporting and talking a lot about Raw and Havoc is because we're going to fight for, for the type of game we want to play. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it means murdering people. Yeah. Well, I mean, shh. no holds barred. <laughs> Let's look at some of the hobby phase questions we got here. We got a hobby got, phase. Hobby uh, phase. So, uh, Tyler Mangle again. He's asking, that guy. Uh, yeah, won't ever shut up. Which of the <laughs> <laughs> which of the squatted armies slash units slash miniatures were you most sad to see go? Which squatting was most deserved? Uh, I should mention. I presume most people can, you know, Google this. Squatting is a term that goes back to uh, original 40k. There was there were squats who were basically space dwarves, and they dwindled and dwindled. And finally, at some point in one of the editions, they just ceased to exist. Um, yeah, I've been con- using the con- term tombed. Oh, tombed. For the tomb yeah, kings. yeah. But they've been in take that, Mengel. Uh, he's heard me joke about that. And for the Bretts, Bretonians. Yeah. Um, they've been laked. Laked? Oh, just thrown back in the lake. lake. Oh, man, so creative. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, how about you? Um, let's go with uh, armies, units, or miniatures. So, I, this is complicated because armies is one thing, but miniatures is another because we, yeah. we've lost some miniatures. So armies, I guess, let me pose a question another yeah. way. If of the armies that have been tombed or squatted or whatever, we've got the Lakes. Bretonians. Yeah. We've got the tomb kings. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure if some of the ogre stuff. Well, not really. I mean, yeah, I think no, most we, we maintain most of the ogres. Yeah. Has anything else? Some of the empire stuff could go. Yeah, I, it's it. It doesn't exist as an empire army anymore. It's called right. different things, but most of that still. Ex- I guess I'll pose the question: is If you could right now of those, which one would you be most likely to create, build an army of? Absolutely, tomb kings, and and to some extent, this is because of all the work that. Uh, Michael's done on this, but I feel like they have the easiest fit into um, into Age of Sigmar. Like it, it, it makes the most sense for them to to slot in with his endless desert. That being said, there's plenty of room for Bretonians. We've talked about that. Some of the some of the background, you're like these yeah. guys sound like Bretonians. Like it works. Yeah, the war um, the war beast. Um, yeah, the silver hand. Uh, yep. his kingdom with like a conglomeration of of men from different. Right, but I, I will say as as um, I will say as someone who you know played and was interested in Bretonians for quite some time, enjoyed games against them. Uh, bottom line, bottom line, they they were an army that you know they were cool, but maybe not all that distinct uh, from from historicals, right? Like you you can get knights, you can get men at arms from yeah. somewhere else. So you know, if I had to pick somebody as most deserved as this question is, you know, putting a gun to our head and making us choose, I guess yeah. I would say Bretonians. And that's no slight to the Bretonian players out there. I think there's some yeah. cool stuff with them. But Well, and I, I've got a few of the Bretonian stuff to um, to do with my undead. Yep. The kits are terrible. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think... Well, they're old, right? They're, I mean, right, they just haven't right. been updated. They, they you know, haven't forever. been updated. Yep. And, yep. and that's, I mean, so if they're... They haven't been committed to for a while. They haven't gotten love for a while. And so yep. I think it's, I think it's all right. And I think that... There's room for reimagining. There's the most room for reimagining with the with the with the Bretts. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be the same. Tomb Kings. Half my dead, dead army is Tomb Kings. I don't know that I. 
love the Egyptian theme in Age of Sigmar. That's fair. But I think that there was enough. I think so. I think some of the newer kits and stuff like that were so unique, like mm. the the stalkers, the sepulchral stalkers, the night, the those knights, the um. I mean, some of those new kits with the Necrosphinx and stuff like well, that. Yeah, or, even the War Sphinx. You know, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like oh, this is clearly you know the Great Sphinx yeah. of you know yep. Giza or whatever. Like it wasn't. And when I heard rumors of Sphinxes coming out and then see them, they were they're very much different than you would have expected. So yeah, yeah you I were think, wrong for those rumors. I was yeah. Um. So I think yeah, I think so I missed the Tomb Kings enough, and I think Tyler's been definitely a part yeah. of that. Thanks, uh, Tyler. All right, this one is another. Uh, we split Alex's question up. Uh, Alex Nygaard, end times, end times battle tome fella. He has a two part here. How disappointing were Fire Slayers and Stormcast? How long before you like them? So let's start with Fire Slayers. And I think there's, you know, maybe the disappointing. Were you disappointed by Fire Slayers? And there's a model and the, you know. Yeah. I've not side. played them. Talking to Kenny this last episode and seeing some of their performance in, yeah. in Warlords, there's a. It was a cool game where the they stood in the line and took a took a hit and only lost like three models or four models. Nice, yeah. Um. So like, um. But, um. Was I disappointed? Like, would it be cool to see more naked dwarves on the table? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. Would it be cool to have more naked short men in your <laughs> life? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So I mean, I think there's we're not seeing them enough. On, uh, yeah. So I'd say there's. I'm most disappointed that we're not seeing them enough. I, you know, so uh, I would the stories, say stories. The Fire Slayer Legends, fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was one of. The, and I, to be fair, I've not read Pestilence or Sylvaneth, so they may be that strong. But I, right. I thought that was one of the one of the better for background on. Yeah. You know, getting some of that some of that culture that people have been asking for. Um, the only thing I was disappointed about them was uh, a little bit of a lack of variety. Right. Um, yeah. It it seemed. And then uh, I, I think they could have been more fantastical. Like you, they could have the, their beards and hair could have been more fire like. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, I or wasn't. At least one character that was just. Yeah, all sure, flame. sure. Uh, maybe soon. But maybe soon. Yeah. Maybe more. But uh, what I liked about it is I got the sense that it was here's this project. We're not gonna. We we're no longer constrained by like having to make them fill out an entire army book. Let's just do some stuff that we think is cool. Yeah. Let's do this character that we think is cool. Let's do, you know, and so they ended up character heavy, right? Yeah. Um, and it was just because model designers or rules designer, however they did it, they're, they're, they said, let's do all the stuff we think is cool, and that's going to be enough. And you can you, you can make them standalone, or you can have them allied as part of a grand alliance. So I, I thought that was... I would say maybe disappointing that one of the cool things is that the Mag, uh, Magma Droth, has three characters that come with it, which is huge value. It seems mm-hmm. like, but it also makes it hard to put in one of those get started. Yeah, you know, or start oh, collecting. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um. So it would have been cool maybe to have some of those heroes separated out. Um. Not have that kit be as kitted out. Um, have some alternate sculpts. You know. And I think. Um. Yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, maybe a little more variety in the, in the army. But no, I mean, like you said, they're, they're dwarves with axes in there. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think they're a cool army. I think the, and the reimagining is really cool. Yeah. So not very disappointed. No, I wasn't too. I bad. just want to see more of them painted. Yeah. Uh, Stormcast. How long before you liked them? I loved them right away. Yeah, you had me at Storm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of the biggest complaint people had. Well, obviously they're like, oh, they're they're Space Marines. Yeah. 
which I've I've thought about picking up Space Marines over and over, and they're so chunky. They're so, like, heavy-looking. Like, well, not heavy-looking. They just look like, how do they possibly get around and do anything? <laughs> There's a Stormcast. Their armor feels a lot more fluid and just, you know, again, it, yeah. maybe the, the reimagined. But um, the one of the complaints I heard a lot of is their faceless masks. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely loved the kind of Greek, um, like, stoic nature of those. And like just this idea that the good guys mm-hmm. have these fear masks on, right? Yeah. To like just cause fear to like to against chaos and just show their rage and show their like what they're coming back with. Um and I mean you think I mean someone's like, hey, they're not human, they're not faceless or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Like most masks that you see, like helmets and stuff, like like the blood reavers, like yeah. most of their masks don't show you much face or that's true like, that. like yeah, i mean it's just closed helmet. a mask yeah. is not there to show your face it's to do the opposite to right. scare to intimidate to whatever yeah i just i liked the aesthetic um yeah I, i've played the army quite a bit yeah and i really like that they have their own style mm-hmm. you can play some fast stuff you can play some slow stuff but the foot slogging and just being this wall of armor mm-hmm. is just a fun fun way to play so yeah. how about you when did uh, first impression was actually a little bit negative, but uh, once I saw them, like you picked up the starter set, once I actually saw them on the table, yeah. I warmed to them pretty fast. I would say it was some some part of the way through our first game. I was like, these guys are actually kind of cool looking. Like they've got, they're big. They got room to you know have some motion in the models, and uh, yeah, I warmed to them, warmed to them pretty quick there. Uh, let's see. Paul Wagner says, and this is at PJ Shard on Twitter. And a local guy. Uh, and a local he's, fella. He's in our campaign. And yeah. All good stuff. Uh, he says, what did you not get done this year that you most expected to? So both podcasts and both hobby. Podcast and hobby-wise. Call of Archeon. Covering the Call yeah. of Archeon is something I really wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got caught up in the movement of the Realmgate Wars a little bit. And again, felt like it wasn't essential to keep yeah. going through seeing what the main characters were doing. I think that is mostly for... To, to that point, it was uh, just how much stuff came out, how fast it progressed. Like, I was used to the progression, you know, I w- wasn't used to a timeline progressing like it did. And so, you know, back when things first released, we were like, oh, we got all the time in the world to go over this stuff. And all of a sudden, like, no, there's no way we can cover it all unless we, you know, make this a job, you know, full-time yep. sort of thing. So yeah. uh, from a podcast perspective, I, I'd agree with you there. There there was some, I think we'd like to have gone over Call of Arcan. I would like to have gone through. There was the Call of Chaos. Was the uh, which we didn't even mention earlier. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, uh, the Advent Calendar fiction yeah. that was really cool. Some quick hit stuff, but like some really yeah. cool glimpses in the background. Didn't get to touch on some of that stuff for the Fire Slayers Battle Tome. Some of, some of the spots that like can fill in some of the pieces. Yeah, so. yeah there's a few of the. I, I think the Legend stuff would have been cool too. But yeah, I mean we couldn't cover it all, and we kind of tried to stick to the yeah the main storyline. Um. Hobby-wise. Oh, hobby-wise. Um, man, I I got a lot done. You did. Um, I, I suppose did not. My, my only regret is my my castle over there, um, mm. Sky Castles. Yeah. I had a big idea. I mm-hmm. executed it well on the design side and, you know, like building it out of the foam, but I haven't painted it. I haven't yeah. glued it. Yeah. It would not take that much to get it done, and I just haven't. But we're under the gun for Havoc right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy with my hobby. Yeah. How are you feeling, Davey? Uh, well, I've had a... Um, you painted a Gorgon. I did. 
No, Cygor. Cygor, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a big surge at the start of the year, uh, getting making sure that I made it to PACA on time, and that was fun to get the uh, the Slanesh Warband uh, on the table. I would have liked to have gotten some more stuff. I have some more models. Um, I really wanted to do another monster for them. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, for some reason, the Mutilith Vortex Beast, like yeah. I, that sounds sounds like a fun thing to put, and then uh, a slew of spawn. I think I talked about that early on when we were recording. Like that just seemed like a fun, characterful thing to put down. Yeah. Um, that and uh, then some more beastmen to just kind of bulk that out. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to do some of that, but uh, a lot of my hobby time is uh, swapped over to get ready for some destruction for havoc, which I've been enjoying for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just uh, work things. I've had a slowly escalating responsibilities and then some big shifts lately um, and, yeah. and upcoming that have uh, uh, minimized some of the time I've had available. So um, I maybe regret not beating Paul more in more games. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding yeah. uh, uh although uh i stomped out his uh moon clan grots yes recently. yeah so uh grots are made to be stomps yeah so. yeah that's cool that's thanks paul for that question all right next question comes from hobgoblin club on the tga forums um how do you feel towards where we are with age of sigmar compared to where we were with 8th edition or old Warhammer. And I'm assuming kind of like maybe breadth of fluff, breadth of armies available, etc. At which point did you realize Age of Sigmar was working out? And what might the televised Warlords event mean for the game? Um, and then I'll say he's got where do you want to go and what do you want to see in year two? And we've got some wish listing and stuff we'll, for future games. Save that piece for later. So. Um, so, how do you feel Age of Sigmar is to where Eighth was, and the amount of stuff that they've put out? Yeah, I'm more aware of what the Eight Realms are about mm-hmm. than I was about the Old World. Mm-hmm. So, as a new player, three, two years old, two and a half years, I'm in a better position uh, than I was in Eighth Ed. How do you feel? What I what I like about it is I just feel like it's uh, more wide open for creativity, and that's part of why I come to the hobby. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm not a creative by trade, and uh, you know what what you put on the table, what you can what you, you can do. You with write your, great fluff. I You're appreciate that. So, but I guess what I'm getting at is like, you know, when I think about where to put my game or where to put my background or all, all that sort of thing, like there's so much so much open. This still feels like it it fits in. You, know, you don't um, you don't have to drill down quite as tight into the to find the tiny pockets in there. There's there's stuff open. And it's not it's not because it's not fleshed out. It's you know, or not because <clears throat> not because the volume of information is not there. It's because of it's by design, right? And that that's a great thing in a creative hobby. Room to create is an essential thing. So I think uh, I think that's a that's a great bonus there. So and you know, as much as I love the old world, there's there is some drawbacks to having having a world that was created, uh, iter, you know, by iteration, right? Like, so somebody somewhere way long ago said, eh, you know, I'll put this together and we'll call this thing Altdorf, and it's gonna be like German Renaissance stuff, and then you're you're locked into that, you're tied into that. So it's nice to be able to hit the reset button and. And uh, no slight to that. And in fact, you can go back and play it, right? I mean, you can if you want. Oh, Just absolutely. use the use use the Age of Sigmar rules. Play it in the old world. Still works. You got all the you got everything you need. So and the, 
I mean, that's evident too. The Black Library still has all of those books available. Right. You can, yeah. You know, Total War Warhammer game is all set in the old world. Like, yeah. you can still visit that setting. So. But, and there's not much more they can add to it. Yeah. Right. They, they put as much into it as they could. Yeah. Um, yeah. I th- how, so. Um, how about this? At which point did you realize it was working out? Well, here's the question is what does working out mean? Yeah. Like, I felt like Clash Comp. Mm-hmm. The first Clash games from from Mo, um, putting a little bit of points to the system just to give people guidelines. But even then, I mean, like, it felt like it was working out pretty quickly. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily perfect, but I think probably what was the biggest barrier is like how many people could witness it working out. Yeah, as opposed to looking at a set of rule set rules and making a judgment and either playing a couple of games or not playing any games. And I think we still deal with that. I remember after one big point, I think South Coast GT was a big point with another set of, of points coming out and another, like, uh, you know, huge tournament that mm-hmm. I would. But then the question was, I I talked to somebody here in the States who had no clue that that just happened. Yeah. And they were like, well, it's, still, it's not working. It's going to die. Yeah. Like, awareness, I think, is the biggest like awareness and witnessing that it was working because I think it was working out of the gate to to a large 75% of the way there. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it was maybe the, so we, I think we could see it. We could see it working early, but I don't think it was successful. Right. Until the, maybe the, when the general's handbook rumors started with, with heel and hammer, with the I can see that with face hammer, just saying, "Hey, this is coming, guys." Yeah, for me, I think it was five or six months ago when kind of took a pause for a breather, looked up, looked around at the content being created, you know, podcasts out there, um, Twitter, blogs, uh, YouTube content, and also realized just how many people are putting stuff out. And that was like, look, you know, probably for every, I don't know, you know, throw out some number for every two hundred people, there's one person who's who's really kind of putting that stuff out like there's there's enough stuff out there that's getting people and it was starting to hit that critical mass of yep. like people feeding on each other's enthusiasm yep. creativity and being like yeah we got some momentum behind this so i, I would say when i you know and it's not all about the the people who are making the the publicly available content but it's an indicator and yep. it's a it's a good um i don't know it's a good uh it's a canary yeah exactly you know, I think, like I said, we, we had an explosion of podcasts mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I think that was another indicator of people who are like, you know what, we're going to, you know, and they weren't people that necessarily, there's some of them were people who were on the scene previous, but some of them were like, seemed yeah. like pocket, like new pockets that yep. hadn't been on, on yep. the web, you know, that sort of stuff. So, enough people saying they cared enough about it to like put the, yeah. put the time in on the side. So, yeah. Yep. So, um, what would the televised warlords event mean for the game? Two things, I think. One, it is GW saying, hey, you know, people are interested in this stuff and we can, there's there's more to it than us just pushing books and models out into the world. There's there's engagement, and I talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, engagement is an important part of this thing and we can get people excited about this and people are already excited about it. We can feed that with this. And the other is uh, just further getting the word out and uh, kind of validating, you know, I feel like when the game dropped, it was basically open play, right? We talk about our three ways to play open narrative. And the hardest thing to do was the match play side yeah. of things. And that is what, you know, lost a lot of people in transition. Yeah. 
or because scared. Because that's what eighth was focused on. Right. Was was that matched play? It was, is, or certainly that's what the community had been focused mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, whether or not that was the intent of the designers. Right. Uh, what what the televised warlords is doing is it's saying, hey, look, you know, matched is important to us. It's exciting for us, and uh, we know it's exciting for you. And so we value it and, and we're pushing it forward. So it's getting that part of the community excited. And when one part of the community is excited, like that, that can only help the rest. Yeah. Um, as long as, as long as no one starts to outbalance or overpower the rest, sure. you know, I think that's good. So. Sure. I think, I mean, I do think that um, not necessarily tournaments, but matched play is an easier to start way to play as opposed mm-hmm. to, again, yeah. needing a GM to run a narrative thing. So I think there's still going to be, a lot of weight towards that easy to play, pick out some points, go by these rules, a couple of house rules and you're going kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think it's certainly, I mean, um, content is king online. Um, if Games Workshop's going to grow from using social content videos um, and the kind of insur- resurgence, uh, not resurgence, but just the explosion of Warhammer TV um, from just the painting episodes, which were fantastic. Everybody's loved those things. Um, to what uh, um, Rob Symes is doing uh, with that group yeah. and kind of invigorating them with some new ideas. Um, to be able to to put out content, to put out video, and to just have that going out into the world and hitting somebody and going, oh, that's really cool. And then that coming back into new people coming to the community. I think it's essential. So I think um, it's great for match play for sure and communicating to the people anybody who again there was a big concern that match that gw hated tournament play and hated right. people that like to play that way right which is, i think is pretty antithesis to the their celebration of the hobby however you want to play mm-hmm. and they're trying to prove that mm-hmm. and i think it proves that they're behind match play gamers yeah they want to play hard they want to play you know try and write those lists that win games that win all the games yeah um they're behind narrative gamers and they're behind open play gamers and and nobody's one thing right Right. all of these things are just tools to use so i i'm not a hardcore tournament gamer but i really enjoyed the the coverage yeah and seeing people enjoy the game sure it was cool um Old Richie Games, Rich Taylor, sorry, at Old Richie Games, Rich Taylor. If you were to start collecting an army from the old world, which would it be? So flashback. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I feel like a number of my hobby ideas are translatable in between the two. Like, you know, uh, talk about the Desert Goblins. I have some I have some uh, mock-ups of those done. I got maybe four kind of partially done is in that that project but that works in the old they would have been you know Araby goblins there here they would be you know they'd exist in one of the realms where desert exists so realm of beasts or realm of death yeah um uh i don't know i guess uh i i feel like a, a lot of things are, are are translatable back and forth as far as that goes um i guess i always you know back we mentioned bretonians you know i'd always wanted to do a bretonian army i thought that would be thought that'd be cool so i think if i was if i wanted to do something that says this is an army in the old world i think i might do that you know bretonian army um just go the the war-torn battle battle tested tattered muddy and bloody you know something like that but 
Um, what I like is that any number of these old world ideas, they could slot in pretty well to the age of Sigmar. So, uh, a lot of mine are, um, ideas I had back in eighth and they, they're moving forward just fine. So yeah. what about you? I think somebody's mentioned this. I think sure it's been mentioned before is that doing old Warhammer is now considered historical gaming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what I, what I'm, I'm a converter. I like to create new and different things, obviously. Yeah. I think if I were to say, if we were to do something where I say, all right, let's do an old world army. Mm-hmm. And it'd be hard to some extent to be too themey, but I think I'd love to do a Von Karstein army. Mm-hmm. Like focus on, like get the upgrade kit. Yeah. It has the Von Karstein shields. Focus on Manfred and Conrad and Isabella. Yeah. Um, and there's a fourth one. Vlad. Vlad. Like get all of them and, you know, kind of what would their hierarchy be? What would they be about? Yeah. Um, Blood Knights. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to do more in the Death Army, but uh, if I were going to go historical, it'd be you know like checking out that that stuff. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, I'm going into the campaign phase. So we got one question from a Moan Stunk gamer. He wants to know what is your favorite independent Age of Sigmar token set. Well. What Thank you, Moan Stunk Gamer, or Moan Gunk Damer. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad you asked that. Now, a couple of things that I look for in a token set. One, I want it to be easily readable and bright mm, so that yeah. I can see at a glance what is uh, what those conditions, what those statuses are yeah. right, on my army. Um, second, I don't, want, I don't want it to have to be searched too hard for it. Right? Yeah. I don't want to have to rotate it too many times, that yeah. token. Like, I don't know, like a die? Like or a something. dice. Right, yeah. yeah. No. I mean, six Sounds, sides would be a yeah. pretty little yeah. excessive, yeah. right? Um, I wouldn't want it to roll off the table or roll away. Yeah. Right? And Or accidentally pick it up, you know, with other objects that I'm routinely picking up. Or knock a dice into yeah, them and I mean, have it go scattering. And what did it say? I don't right, know. What did that say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, I would also like a token set that has a... Around 60 different statuses. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I say this, in, we, <laughs> this is a, a joke uh, in jest. And uh, I know uh, um, bad, uh, Ben Curry jabbed us a little bit for having the best status token or dice in, uh, in Age of Sigmar. And uh, uh, we think ours are pretty cool, but we're pretty pumped to, to share and uh, support uh, those uh, campaign dice status yeah. dice as well as the scenery dice we'll plug them at the end and obviously you can get them free or or, or pay for whatever you want to do but it's fun like it's it's a cool way to um track all the different things that can happen uh, so yeah anyway. uh we're getting good response too there i mean people are using them and seeing them uh, with some of our favorite players and that sort of stuff so the age of sigmar uh, dice are cool or tokens are cool but so are the bad dice yes tokens they're bad they're, they're dice. bad dice they're bad dice <laughs> Uh, I suppose that's why he went with scenery dice as the the name of those and not bad dice. Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah maybe. All right, question for you, Davey. How did yeah. the rules of one affect your armies personally? Not at all. Is the bottom line. Uh, you weren't spamming. Um, no. Any spells? My Slanesh army had one sorcerer, so the the spell thing didn't affect it. Um, didn't have enough bonuses where you know hitting the ones, and I didn't. Uh, you know, ones always failing wasn't wasn't an issue. Were we playing ones always fail? I mean, we weren't. I don't think, really, I don't think we it came up. I don't think we anyone's really buffing had, to yeah, that level. Yeah, no, nobody had had stacked buffs to that extent. 
and uh, I didn't have any of the exploding stuff that was, you know, vicious enough. The only thing I would have was like giant that did that, but you I did, but I didn't know that I could keep going. Like yeah. I didn't read it that way. Yeah, yeah. So I think we tried. It. I mean, I think none of it was was uh, dramatically effective. So I mean, we just ca- we started calling those just the rules of us because <laughs> that's why we were already playing the rules of the number one gamers, <laughs> Mortal Realms. Uh, so no, not at all. Um, you know, it might it might going forward affect like how I build an army. Uh, this Bone Splitters army I'm making. Um, you know, if you can't stack it, then it helps to be allegiance where you have access to the other, you know, the, the extra spells instead of, you know, all of a sudden your war docs are, are running out of things that they can cast if yeah. they only have the two spells. But if you got access to the other other I, ones, I think uh, if I were to, yeah, the, if if the rule of one for casting wasn't that you could only cast, yeah, attempt once, attempt right? once, yeah. but rather that you you couldn't only one spell could of the same name could affect a unit. So you could, you know, if you just wanted a mystic shield, a bunch of different units, yeah, but not stack them, yeah. I think that would be fun, yeah. But it, as is it, yeah, it just makes, yeah, it just kind it. of balance. I mean, I think mystic shield and and um, and uh, light and bolt, arcane bolt, maybe became more used than people than they were expecting them to mm-hmm. become. But um, yeah, so it, it wasn't that big of an impact. Let's jump to. Um, Scrubby and Wells in um, Somber Mine, uh, their question, kind of treat that as a, th- and then we'll do the other one. Yeah. The, the last so one. So at, uh, at Somber Mine, asks, uh, probably asked, but a classic with so many great stuff from GW, what more can we expect after year one? What next? And Scrubby and Wells just put wish listing. Yeah. Right? So he's, uh, you've seen, he's got a post on TGA.community. Um, we mentioned Scrubby at Scrubby and Wells in the podcast. Yeah. He, is a big proponent of wish listing and wanting to kind of create a uh, critical mass of ideas to be Mm -hmm. able to maybe GW will listen. Right. So things like, um, you know, building a a list builder inside the age of Sigmar app. Oh yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, not my idea. So we got two parts is what, what would we love to see wish list? Yeah. And what's, what do we see? Like, is there anything that we see signs of, on the road i'll combine those two real quick i mean we we know something's got to be coming with the elves and slanish yeah. right and that's got to be realm of light realm of shadow uh we've got uh techless Tyrion, realm of light malarion slash malekith yeah. uh realm of shadow and uh whatever's going on with slanish so i know that's coming and my wish list is i hope they nail it you know like there's <laughs> there there could be some real cool stuff like break that wide open i hope i hope they do something cool um and uh, I'm excited to see what it is. So yeah. that's that's my big thing. Yeah. Um. One, I think one thing that I'm hoping for is that they r- expand death. Mm-hmm. They oh, yeah, they take cool. the sure. the Morgast and the um the um abyssal terror or the what they call dread abyssals. Yeah. That the Mortarks are writing. <coughs> and that they take that aesthetic and push it. Mm-hmm. Um. So that maybe uh, now, I mean, I know that I, mean, I, I guess the like the mortise engine, the kind of bone coming off of the back of that one, kind of emulates that a little bit. But I mean, just take those and get some monsters that mm-hmm. kind of really non flesh eater court monsters. Yeah, flesh eater court kind of took all of those monsters, and I think you know whatever. But um, but I mean, each of those like night haunts could go in some more directions. But I think I'd love to see maybe a reimagining of 
the the tomb kings in some way would be a really cool like yeah. not tomb kings and some homage yeah to the tomb kings but something completely different where the they twisting been, of bone they, and, yeah yeah they haven't been shy about referencing you know in, in passing things like uh, i could see that you know you'll see bits in the background that sort of thing like yeah that'll that, yeah. that'll work that's some tomb kings um let's see for me i'd like to see uh like to see a faction you know that so right now most of the factions that come out you you had some hint that they were coming, right? And you had yeah. some idea of like, oh, you know, they had their seed in a in a existing army like Sylvaneth, you know, Dryads and the Treemen yeah. or and, and that sort of thing. And they they released some cool models to bulk that out, but it was still at its core. Like yeah. that wasn't I don't want to say it wasn't surprising, but you you knew where it was coming. But uh I'd like to see something that's, you know, really out of like and I think they have the opportunity to do with that elves. Uh the big thing being um, Silver Tower, like that Mist Weaver mm-hmm. and the Tenebral Shard, mm-hmm. like those are that's some elf yeah. directions that we haven't seen. A, yeah, a I ton think of. all yeah. the Silver Star- Tower stuff that was expanded. Yeah, um, I like the idea of a new, tr- like a a caveman or barbarian mm-hmm. um, warriors. So like the Marauders aren't. Yeah, I think that's an old kit. Yeah, but I love the idea of. Kind of, I mean, the, the humans that have been decimated and been beaten down, like, that don't have a shred of much, I would like to see that. As you want to see free peoples, but not free peoples <laughs> that, that are in the Empire. The, yeah, the, you know, I want to see the removal yeah. of the of the, a lot of the old stuff. Yeah. And, you know, what would the free peoples look like now trying to, you know, they've got this, the, I mean, and you've seen me do it in my devoted army, is trying to mm-hmm. say, well, their first touch of hope has been Sigmar and, and yeah. the Stormcast. What would they, how would their culture now that they're coming out that they'd bring from what they used to have and now in, infused with Sigmar, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. You know, emulating Stormcast and, and, um, structure and whatnot. So kind of a little bit of, yeah, that sort of thing. Now I'm also excited to see what they do from the season of war. Mm-hmm. Oh, taking yeah. those stories. Sure. Good point. And tying that in to the future stories yeah. after, um, Lord of Undeath. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Stormcast or Order won all of those, but those are really cool cities that I hope get some story time. Yeah, I like that. Continue to build off that and maybe do it again, right? Give it another opportunity and uh, keep working, keep working with that. That was a, this is a cool thing they did. That storyline, like obviously we were expecting to see something with Slanesh mm-hmm. with the elves. We've already talked about that, uh, but where does it go after that? Like I feel like we we kind of knew we were heading for the All Gates, right? Yeah. Um, and we've gotten there, not yet on the podcast, but yeah. um, the, the the background's gotten there. But now the map forward, as far as the storyline, is a little less clear. Like you, you can't say I know what's going to happen. You know, not you know, I I know at least what the next subject is. Like yeah. we we've, we've got some guesses, but I I like to see them continue to expand yeah. um, where they go after exploring shadow and light. What's the next step for that? I hope that they get so. So elves, dark elves, light elves, wanderers, those elves. I hope they all kind of get addressed. I hope the other grots kind of get yeah. addressed. So battle some battle tomes for yeah. some of these units uh, or factions yeah. get hit. You know, same with like love a a um, um, uh, death rattle, yeah, battle tome sure. kind of thing. So I'd love to see a couple of those things. And then maybe get something new. Yeah. Like I think again, people want to kind of 
com- that we're completionists, so we kind of want to see some completion of things. Yeah. And then maybe just very light pepperings of brand new stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, would be cool. Yeah. Uh, and we've got we've got a lot of. I mean, again, the the elves take up most of order. Yeah. Of what we don't haven't seen in order, some devoted, etc. Yeah. Um, again, in death, there's a couple of factions that haven't been hit. Um, destruction, a couple of factions that haven't been hit. Yeah. And, and chaos too. I would love clan molder. Yeah. Um, something to oh, make yeah. just a clan molder armor. There. Yeah. That's only the only clan I'm interested in. They've shown that they can do some pretty cool things, even yeah. if they don't even release new models, like with flesh eater yeah. quartz or bone splitters. Yeah. Or uh, beast claw raiders. Like they, I, those battle tomes are incredible. Yeah. Uh, and kudos to the studio and the background writers to find a new, like, I don't think there's anyone who could make me think that ghouls were cool, but, uh, they did it with flesh eaters. So if they can do that, you know, let's, let's see what they can do with some of these other, other factions yet to be bulked out. So, yeah. Anything else on your wish list or that you see coming? Uh, your I, crystal ball. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I'd, I'd make some more bold predictions, but they, they'll be off and. And I'm on record on this, so I don't want to get embarrassed. So. Yeah. I think um would be cool. Um some again, kind of maybe back to the D and D, some campaign mm, yes. books yep. that aren't necessarily just, hey, here's a story and here's some do this campaign, this campaign this campaign. Yeah. But some really like more directional that gives uh somebody who wants to run a group campaign sure. some meat behind it to to build their own stuff. One of one of the best books that came out in the eighth was um uh, blood in the badlands mm. it was a uh, it was here's how you can do this campaign and it had a system for using the tiles and all that sort of thing it just nice. it was it was uh it was a great little kind of skeleton framework for which yeah. you could build your own stuff off of so i think there's yeah it'd be it'd be a tremendous thing they could do for this yeah. especially with as wide open as it can be well and we're gonna be so um well i'll talk about this we'll talk about this next because yeah. the next question and this is one we'll wrap up on and I'm glad we got this question we want to talk about anyway. This was from C12 off the TGA community. Um, what is the plan for the Mortal Realms podcast for the future? Anything that we want to change, add, or remove from the current format? So let's talk first about the format. Do we like the format? We've talked about this a little bit. Sure. Right. But let's let's pretend we haven't. Let's just let's air out dirty laundry right here and now about how yeah. you really feel about our our format it's terrible you're awful i'm out yeah. <laughs> no. uh so we've we've kind of been sticking with this especially for the you know we'll we'll grant ourselves freedom to uh slip away from it with the minisodes or whatever um but we've got that you know uh hero phase campaign phase hobby phase hitting all those things story phase and obviously the bulk of our work has been in the story phase yeah um it adds structure to yeah. kind of how do we want to think about yeah the hobby and what if we're going to talk about something, where does it fit? Does yeah. it fit? Yeah. Um, I think the one that is the hardest is the hero phase mm-hmm. where coming up with ideas for bringing new players in. Yeah. Um, but it's the one I feel also like one is the most important, most important. Yeah. Right, right. Right. But it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to figure out how to do that and be outgoing and uh, extroverted uh, sure. enough to do those things too. So, yeah. um, I, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked to once in a while about saying, hey, well, you know, if we feel like it, we could just, if we don't have content for the campaign phase or for this phase or that phase, we could just not do that. Yeah. But we always end up kind of like, well, oh, yeah, we it's, wanna... it's come together, you know, each yeah. time it kind of comes together as, as it goes. So first of all, I think it's nice to have a format and structure to build around for planning. Yeah. Um, we're not, 
we don't typically just get together and ramble. Yeah. Because we're maybe, maybe I don't know, we've not done it. So we, we don't think we'll be as good at it as some people would be. Yeah. Um, so we'd like to plan. Um, anything that you'd want to add? Anything, any phases that, that we aren't covering? I mean, the campaign phase for us is kind of meant to be rules, can be, you know, match play stuff. Yeah. But one of the things I think we've talked a lot about is doing our own campaigns, mm. like uh, some local groups here or yeah. doing something online and, and adding a campaign element. And not, I don't know, there's some, some people have tried to do that and it's easy, like any campaign, to get started and then stop. Yeah. So maybe we are able to do some campaigns, but take them to the finish and then report on them. Yeah. Right. And then talk about them after sure. it's completed so that we're giving you kind of a full product. Right. Rather than the start of something that doesn't go anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think that would be cool. And with that, being able to tell our own stories, have kind of create our own story phase. Mm-hmm. Um, Davey, anytime he brings a new character to a campaign that we're doing, like he can put together a really cool backstory. He was just telling me about we're running our, our destruction for havoc and just before the episode was telling me about <laughs> we're playing a campaign uh map campaign that i came up with that we want again we want to play through it and i want to share it because i think it's a really easy way to do a map campaign yeah it takes easy for the for the dm and almost no thought yeah it's a little bit of an escalation yeah to it too anyway but he was just like I, one of the things we decide before a game is where we want to play yeah. and he had a story behind how he picked like what did his his uh his war boss do and and uh to to pick where he wanted to play and so it's just it's cool to do that sort of stuff so could we make a story phase out of that yeah kind of stuff would be really cool um with raw and with havoc being able to take our story phase from the community yeah um doing those tournaments and that sort of stuff so i think one of the things we'd love to do uh, is kind of take stuff from the community and turn that into the story phases and, and enjoy the narrative, but also the campaign phase too is like, so what, obviously we're really excited about narrative. Mm-hmm. So taking the campaign campaign phase where the rules hit the table, where the plastic hits the table yeah. um, and move from necessarily scrolls. Cause there's a lot of, of good podcasting out there going through scrolls, going through battle tomes, that sort of thing. Yeah. Going through maybe scenarios are certainly something we could cover, but, how maybe it's the mechanics of a campaign maybe it's yeah. the how do you get into it and yeah, get absolutely. out of it yeah how do you keep motivation right through there um so it's one thing story wise we still want to continue telling yeah we're talking about this like the 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 uh we don't know where they're going to go after the wrong gate wars maybe right that's exactly. going to be their stretch and and the bottom line is there's no way we can cover it all right like yeah. we already talked about it there's there's so much that and we won't yeah there's just not time if they continue to keep this pace there there's there's no way we we had mapped it out of you know at one point we said like oh here's how we can cover everything that's out, and then we were looking at it like that schedule reaches out till December of 2016 and presumes nothing else is released and this is back <laughs> in like April like obviously other stuff so uh so we're gonna have to pick and choose as we go and on top of that you know trying to do some of the other things but it's still important to hit those things because that's that's the shared that's a shared background that yeah. that everyone can touch and and that's uh. You know, that's part of why people are, are tuning into different things or, or tapping yeah. those like to because they you can connect on something like that. So yeah, we're, it, we're not going to leave that behind. We just uh, yep. look at the storytelling or recapping these stories is definitely where we felt like we could add value to the community yeah. in the podcast yeah. and not try and do what something somebody else was doing. And I think still like um, right now, I mean, I, Garage Hammer has always been fantastic when they've done um, some some storytelling. 
Um, but it's it's they don't do that every time. They do other reviews and that, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But it's so we're in we're in a small company of people doing this sort of thing, and and that's pretty cool. We're happy to let other people shine in other areas and and kind of do what we're best at. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe we take that essentials course uh, route through the next books and say, well, Davy reads it anyway. Yeah, and, and decides whether like decides whether it's essential and something we want to cover, um, and then you know maybe we're or maybe one of the things that we wanted to do with that was make it evergreen. Yeah, you can bring a, a new player in and say, hey, go listen to Mortal Realms number one or number two, mm-hmm. and you'll get a gist of what the game is and start into the fluff mm-hmm. to start imagining and and getting into it in different ways. So I mean, part of it is so that it's something that anybody could go through in the future, yeah, and come back to. Um, so that's yeah, that's one thing. Um, uh, I think one thing we'll continue to do, which we've we've started doing towards the second half of our episodes, is uh, bringing on guest hosts, right? So we've gotten uh, Kelly uh, has been on uh, Freiburg, Freiburg, yeah, Kelly Freiburg. Um, we got Kenny, we got uh, Ben, we had Matt Sprain, John, yep. we had uh, uh, you know one of the things that we we haven't talked about. Um, and we'll, we'll address it. We've had a few people ask where, where'd Mal Oh go? yeah. Mal. Yeah. Um, he was just a creation. He was a, a human, like when, when, we, when we were Davey both talking at the same time. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, well Mal, so I, I think I've told this story. The first episode we told the story of how we got together yeah. and, and Mal was, Mal and I met randomly, um, because we were trying to grab the mortal realms kind of IP, you know, the, the, the Twitter address, the Gmail account, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Mal had gotten to it first. And so I I contacted him and asked if he wanted to chat sometime. And we got on Skype like the next day. Um, and we just talked about, I was just like, what are you wanting to do yeah. with the Mortal Realms idea? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? And we had a, a very synergistic idea of what we wanted to do. And so it was, so first three episodes that he was on, we were strangers, right? Yeah. We didn't really know each other that well, yeah. um, but we had really fun synergies and, and really just, uh, you know, kindred in what we were trying to do with the hobby. Um, it was fun. It was really cool. It was hard scheduling, you know, late nights and him staying yeah. up later. And he was champ because he'd, he'd be yeah. doing it like two in the morning. Um, but it was great having an international connection to yeah. just bring the community together and try and bridge the gap. Something I wish we had again. So I would really be cool to have on that um really enjoyed all the coasts I, I, it would be cool to have a third that was standard yeah so maybe we'll we'll try and find somebody um but really it, it just needs to fit right and feel yeah. good would not it's nice to get that uh regular uh different perspective yeah you know, whether it, it's so whether it's rotating or whether it's uh so, yep. you know somewhere outside yeah it's that. always good to have yep. that so that's yeah. been um but uh mal ended up being you know he he just stopped being able to have the time yeah for it, you know? work work for him yeah. again Probably MI5, probably a spy, probably, (laughs) you know, probably kills people. Yeah. I mean, Um, you say probably, I say definitely, but yeah, I mean, I mean, but you've got the background to know, to tell (laughs) uh, whether or not those, is he the type, you know, you know, Um, but no, it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible for him to continue going. Now we kept the door open. So I, we kind of have this idea of a co-op here that nobody's really in charge of the podcast. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you can say that you can't do it, but we're just going to say that if you want to pop back in, you just pop back in. Yeah. You read the book and you pop back in, you, yeah. whatever. It doesn't, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't, there's was never a point where it was like, okay, Mal's not a part of the team anymore. Like he's still, yeah. if he wants to come back on next episode, he can. Yeah. 
So we never made a big deal of him not being here. Yeah. But we probably could have addressed it sooner. <laughs> like we just had one episode. It was like, yeah, Mal rolled a one <laughs> coming through the round gate. And then everyone's like, oh no, did he really? And then we, then we put him under. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a, it was a work thing. It was a life thing. Mal's still around. Uh, he's not playing very much right now, but uh, th- he mostly just didn't feel like he could contribute um, on a, on a great, great level. So, but we miss him. Mal, if you're listening to this, which I know he's not because I've talked to him and he's not caught up. But <laughs> if you were listening to this, obviously, I'd say, you know, yeah. come back on anytime you want. Um, Talking about contributions, though, I just wanted to, you know, as we're wrapping up here, I want to say huge thanks to all the people who, you know, hit us up on Twitter or on TGA yeah. or dropping an email and all that sort of thing. Like, you know, we're doing this because we enjoy the hobby and we started it because we wanted to get, you know, yeah. keep that excitement up. Now that excitement exists. And so we're, you know, we're just rolling with it. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I, there's part of me wonders like, are we needed anymore? Yeah. Like, cause when we started like, there's a lot of podcasts kind of going, yeah. And not that I don't enjoy this, but like, we're, we're probably not going to go to a more consistent schedule. Right. We're not going to go to, you know, definitely releasing on this date every single month or yeah. twice a month. Yeah. Because we want to play games too, yeah, and spend time with our families, yeah, and write cool. Like I'm really enjoying some of the other side of content creation, right? Yeah. So we're probably not going to do that, but yeah, I mean, like there's more podcasts coming out. Now I still feel like we fit a niche, and nobody else is jumping into that as as much. So it's not like there's someone there to replace us, you know, as important as we are. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like, I mean, part of our crucial linchpin. Our goal things. was to provide to the community some excitement and energy and positivity focused on the stories to in, in inspire their hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's still room for it, but there's still, but the, but the community has grown quite a bit and, you know, we're definitely a smaller voice in a bigger pond Yeah. Um, now, which is fantastic. I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it. Um, not looking for fame, yeah. not looking for, <laughs> for anything like that. Um, was, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Um, I'm going to say right here now, Davey, thanks for putting up with, uh, with me for a year for, you know, rolling with, um, the long, many pages of notes, my, <laughs> my OCD yeah. for wanting to have all the notes and hit all the points in every story. Um, but also, you know, just, I know, you know, sometimes it was, we were more planned than others and Davey and I haven't done anything together before the podcast. Now, in general, when we rolled up play, I mean, he's a pretty amicable uh, and flexible person. So in general, I was like, hey, I just throw some stuff at David and he'll say, yeah, and go with it. I I have no idea with at any point there was any kind of seething of frustration or bitterness. Pretty much constant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I also know he's not Midwestern, so that, he, that it's not there's no uh, passive aggressiveness <laughs> in Texas, I don't think. I think it's just aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't seeing any signs of that. <laughs> but uh but Davey, thanks for, for doing this with me and, yeah. and and kicking it. Well thanks for uh keep me motivated on the hobby. I I'm someone who's had long lapses and uh you've been able to keep that rolling for me and I'm excited to get down to holy havoc and do what's what there so i've had some had some good events it's been nice to you know i was i was at that crossroads like everybody else when age of sigma rolled around so having somebody around who was excited about I said, it oh you no know. you don't yeah Get back exactly in here. pull me back in so yeah um it's good so cool but uh thanks to you thanks to our listeners yeah and uh 
you know, let us know. Um, let us know what you want to hear, and we'll keep doing our thing. And yeah. we're we're always glad to hear from you. So yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for inviting us into your ear holes. Uh, for <laughs> encouraging us like you know saying hey you what you guys are doing are great really enjoy the show share us with other people so they get excited so we've got a ton of new players coming in um share share us with them so that they can hear these stories um have them go buy buy the black library books we don't want to to replace that yeah um but if it's somebody who's never going to read a book then you know get them on our podcast so they can get excited about the game um do your part yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but no thanks for being a part of this uh and and joining us in the mortal realms uh every month yeah. or so all right we'll catch you next time adios it's time for our reforging come discuss the show on the tga.community forums follow us on twitter at mortal realms davy is at red underscore zeke and eric is at stone gamer a review on itunes would go a long way to helping others find our show and dive into the age of sigmar stories lastly if you want to support the show, we have Mortal Realm status tokens available as a free DIY printable download, or for $15 US plus shipping, you can have 60 full-color, high-quality laser-cut tokens that don't roll away to help you keep track of the synergies on your battlefield. Go to thegamecrafters.com forward slash games forward slash mortal dash realms dash status dash tokens. How many, how many, how many channels? That's two channels. All right. Money. You can just keep it going. Oh, my God. The the smallest book lies in the outside compartment. The rarest of meals is now chicken. Oh, no. Like, what? And like, two in the morning, you're like, am I hallucinating? What is happening right now? Right. We'll do it. Let's do it at the end, and we'll forget it, and then we won't even have it in. Sweets. <laughs> so I'll just... Okay. I'll just I'll just wing it. Yeah. All right. I like it. I do well when I wing it, don't I? <laughs> it never never fails to entertain. So